This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. The Advocates, I'm telling you, you get in a wreck. It's another rainy, snowy, cold morning here in Jutta. Make sure that you don't call your insurance company because they're not working for you. No, you need an advocate at theadvocates.com. No upfront costs, no retainers, no consultation fees. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case at theadvocates.com. How about um, my guy? Um, no, I'm not doing it. We're how not, about, we're not doing how it. about the no. best quarterback no. No. in all the no. National Football League? No. The single greatest performance I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life was not put on by Dak Prescott last <laughs> night, but it was close. <laughs> How about? I mean, are you ready to eat I'm crow on Dak Prescott? I'm not apologizing about Dak, dude. I'm not doing it. Wow, I'm not. The, the arrogance, the arrogance it takes to not acknowledge the greatness of Dak he Prescott last night. He had a nice night. game, bro. He had a nice game, but he did his job. I'm not handing out golden stickers today. Why? Dude did his job. Okay. He did his job. He single-handedly. Did, he he can't kick the football. But other than that, he single-handedly he single-handedly carried the Dallas Cowboys to a win last night. Uh, right, Dak mfing Prescott. Right, and you sat up on this very show yesterday, and you downplayed his awesomeness. Mm -hmm. To which I told you you were correct, mm -hmm. and yet you will not sit here and apologize. And that's how I look at it. I no, just, I, no, I, I, I refuse. Okay. I refuse. No, nope. Well, nope, you know what? Nope, I just want nope. you to understand. I want you to understand that I, I, I'm thrilled for Dak Prescott this morning. <laughs> I am not a Cowboys fan. I am a fan of the beloved, the almighty, the Chicago Bears. What? You don't want to circumcise some Skeeters? No, man. I do want some McRiddles with salt, but <laughs> I, I am really happy for Dak Prescott this morning. In all seriousness, um, that performance last night was nothing short of scintillating. Um, it did not start well, two three and outs in a row, and then he just came out and exploded on the on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, he outplayed Tom Brady something fierce, and I feel like this was a bit of redemption. How are you not happy this morning for Dak Prescott? Yeah, I mean, I think coming off of last week's performance, you have to be you have to be thrilled, and I think a lot of us, including myself, I'm I'm I will. In all seriousness, say, yeah, I mean, I was not expecting some five-touchdown crazy performance out of Dak and the Cowboys. I had my concerns based on last week's performance, but we also talked all about, you know, you know, last week we had talked all about how, hey, like last, you know, against Washington, you know, they played down to Washington. There wasn't a lot to play for type deal, and I disagreed with that. I felt like they did have a lot to play for, but clearly – Clearly, they didn't feel that way, and so they played down to Washington, and and they showed up here. And so, you know, I I think the challenge for Dallas is that it's not good enough until you kind of get over that hump, and that to me is what 
I feel like we have to figure out what is the line for Dallas? Is it a Super Bowl appearance? Is it just simply the NFC Championship game? Like, that's what I think for for Dak is kind of tough because this was a great performance. This was everything that you would you would want. Beating Tom Brady, like like getting that road playoff win, first one since what was it like 92 or whatever it is, like you know, just some yeah. like you know, so you did great things last night. It's just a matter of, you know, what what defines a great season if you don't win the Super Bowl? That, I think, is the question. Well, and I mean, obviously, the bigger story here is Tom Brady's future. And I think we all know Dallas is going to Santa Clara to run into the buzzsaw that's the 49ers. But mm-hmm. my God, I think it's awfully hard to get away from the fact that Dak Prescott probably played his best game as a pro last night. Yeah. Uh, because it was in the playoffs is why I say that. But You know, on the flip side of that, you also have Tom Terrific that is probably done. The greatest professional athlete, in my opinion, we've ever seen should retire. I I am, you know, if you listen to the show, you know I am the guy that always says, don't tell another man when to retire. Okay. Tom Brady needs to retire. You feel like, you know, that tripping thing last night, I don't know how many people saw that. He, He slid and tried to trip a guy that had intercepted a ball, like... This is just not who Tommy has ever been. Right. And I think this is not Willie Mays tripping all over himself in center field. This is not Tom Brady being a shadow of himself. This is Tom Brady telling us that he can no longer single-handedly carry a team to a to a win, to a Super Bowl championship like he did in New England. And I think, you know, if you go to, most people think, you know, Las Vegas is is a destination. If he goes to Las Vegas, they're not better, in my opinion, than mm-hmm. Tampa is this year. And they don't have the defense that Tampa has. They may have more offensive weapons. I mean, Darren Waller and, and Adams alone are, you know, are, are two unbelievable talents. But I just don't know. I don't buy into Tom Brady taking the Raiders to a Super Bowl. I, I, I genuinely hope he retires. Yeah, I, I think it's tough because I don't exactly feel like he's got some plethora of weapons in in Tampa. Like, obviously, you know, the big story heading into this game was Jensen, his, his center coming back, you know, and everyone felt like, hey, that was going to be a big deal and that was really going to, you know, help them with protection and giving him time. And I didn't really feel like that was necessarily the case. I didn't really feel like Tom had all day to throw last night. Like, there were some times where he had time. Hey, it might not have been the case, but it also wasn't the issue. Yeah, well, The interception he excuse. threw in the yeah. end zone. Yeah. That interception in the end zone was a guy who didn't have enough arm to get it out of the back of the end zone. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the camp that believes Tommy was trying to throw that ball away. Yeah, he was. He was. And I don't think Tommy had the jizzy to get it out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, that was good. That was good. But I, don't, I, I don't know that I agree with that. But I, I also yeah. think the divorce, his family situation, like you can't tell me that that didn't take a toll on him. Yeah. Maybe not last night, but on this season that has been such a lost season. He'd never had a losing season in his life mm-hmm. until this year. I don't know. I just don't want to see – I don't want to see Tom Brady become that afterthought as a, of a quarterback that we – too often in the NFL, we see guys that completely fall apart. This isn't Kirk Cousins. This isn't, you know, the mediocre quarterback. This is the greatest professional athlete in the history of sport. And I, 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 I am in appreciation of him this morning. I sit here in appreciation. 
I I have a unique perspective because I think I've worked in sports for so long. I appreciated Michael Jordan's final quality years. I appreciate what LeBron James is doing right now. You know, 48 points last night. I appreciate who Tommy has been, but it's time for Tom Brady to go work at Fox. Mm -hmm. In in my opinion, I don't know. I'd love to see it in the comments. What do you guys think? Um, you know, and, and again, I, I just, I, I want to open up the floor to you, Jake. Let me single you up. I want to open up the floor to you um, and just give you the opportunity to, you know, take a step back from the stupidity that defines your opinions on on Dak Prescott and you know the fucking donkey, yeah, the raging anger and and seemingly um, <clears throat> just spewing of stupidity that has happened on this show from your microphone on a regular basis. Right, right. I mean, I don't even know what I have to pay for these days. You know, I don't even know what's free or not free. So I am an idiot. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, but but go ahead. No, the micro, like, the camera's still focused on you. Right. Go what ahead in this, in this time, go ahead and just unload, you know, your, your heartfelt apology <laughs> to Dak Prescott. <laughs> just unload it on it. I don't have some heartfelt apology. Dude came out and did his job. That's that's my that's that's my take. Guy, he was twenty five of 33, 305, four touchdowns, yeah. no interceptions. Yeah, it's about time, dude. It's about he, time. He, he won the game. It's about time. He won the game for Jarrah. It's about time. He 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 won the game single handedly for the Dallas it's Cowboys. About time. And you don't wanna admit you were wrong. I yeah, I got the prediction wrong. I thought Tampa would win. No, I'm not talking about I thought Tampa would win. I'm talking about Dak Prescott. What did I say about Dak Prescott? That he sucked and he shouldn't be in the NFL. No, I didn't say you that. You didn't say that. But you you downplayed him. Yeah, I said. I said this is a high leverage game for Dak. If Dak if I, I don't want to hear what I said was, if I remember correctly, is I said yesterday that I don't want to hear like if Dak throw were to throw three interceptions last night. I don't want to hear about, oh, well, it went off his receiver's hands and it's not Dak's fault and this isn't all on Dak. Like, Dak Prescott is regarded as one of the best in the league and we're sitting here talking about interceptions. I don't care if they went off dude's hand or not. They're interceptions. They are. He has more interceptions this year than he should have. And so last night was a big game for him. How many did he, he took throw advantage. Less? He didn't throw any. It's about time. It's about time that that offense did what they were supposed to be doing all year long. Like, this offense should be capable of hanging with the best in the league. Like, so that's what I'm saying. This is what the Cowboys should be. I'm not sitting here okay. saying the guy had some all-world performance. Like, he had a nice night. He did. He deserves credit for that. They won a road playoff game. That's not an easy thing to do. But let's not overreact and say that Dak had some ridiculous performance because he didn't. The truth is, this is who this guy should be on a week-in and week-out basis. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I, I just think the NFL is a very difficult sport to be a lead in. And it's again, it's why I think that Tom Brady is the single greatest professional athlete ever. I mean, he's not a guy that is physically gifted. He's not a guy that... Um, he, he didn't even start on his high school team. He was seventh at quarterback. Like... I mean, this is a guy who just has done everything the right way and outworked his talent. And, you know, I, I'm I'm big into this thing right now about, hey, what happens, you know, when you get to the end of the rope of your talent, you have to be mentally stronger. And Tom Brady is one of the most mentally tough athletes that's ever done it. And I, that's, I give the guy credit. He has outperformed his talent, and he is the single greatest professional athlete ever because of it. 
But I look at Dak Prescott, it would have been easy for him to come out and fold last night. Mm. It would have been easy for him to get cut by the Cowboys. It would have been easy for Mike McCarthy to get fired. But none of that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think at some point we have to give teams like the Dallas Cowboys credit for actually, you know, living up to expectations because they were favored by the boys in Vegas. And I think a lot of people, you know, wanted to see them win that game. And when people are, are rooting and counting on you to fail – to come out and perform the way that Dak Prescott performed last night, I think is nothing short of, of spectacular. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was Dak's finest hour as a starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I thought it was absolutely a pivotal win. I don't care if they go to San Francisco and lose. Dak Prescott last night cemented himself as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Can't say the same thing for Zeke. Can't say the same thing for Mike McCarthy. Dak Prescott is, in my opinion, the face of the Dallas Cowboys because of that performance last night. And again, I think it would have been easy for him to collapse. That's yeah. that's the thing. It, yeah, I mean, it's I easy to collapse. I mean, if, if they collapse, like we would have all been talking about, hey, this is what the Cowboys do. You know, we're not surprised. This is this is what they've done every, it feels like every year. We were always talking about, hey, the Cowboys had Super Bowl aspirations and they're out in the wild card round. Like, I think after the game, Micah Parsons made a really good point. The criticism of of Dak Prescott is unwarranted and way over the top. But I got news for you. He's the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Would you have it any other way? Would you have it any other way? I would not if I were Dak Prescott. I would not if, if I were Jared. The bar should be incredibly high. And it is. And he met that bar last night. Uh, Kyle J says, Dak Prescott fed you both a crow sandwich. I mean, I, I, I guess. I, I actually... I actually want the credit I am deserved, which, which is, is to say that I told you Dak Prescott was going to come out and perform. I thought Tampa would win. Mm -hmm. I thought they would win, and they did not. They looked terrible. They looked absolutely terrible. Uh, what's up, MY Monty fan? Good to see you. Jeremy Bolton, good morning to you. The mayor of Monty Town is here. Uh, Gage Carter said, morning, dudes. Monty, I tried the cold shower thing. Best I could do was 10 seconds. Yeah, that's pretty standard procedures for you, huh? Well, you, uh, easy. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow you know what gage carter tomorrow when you get in that cold shower and again real quick if you don't know what we're talking about i have i've really gotten into the cold shower thing i made it a full minute today mm -hmm. which is a huge step up all i'm asking you to do is get in the shower take your nice hot shower the last 60 seconds make the water as cold as possible stand there and take it stand there and in in in, in enjoy the suck because it sucks mm -hmm. but boy it changes you and it's, I, I love it. I made it 60 seconds today, and I'm really proud of myself. So, Gage Carter, tomorrow, make it 11 seconds. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Uh, Lopes fan, Gabe, what's up? Good morning to see you. He says, morning casuals, hit the like button. Amen to that. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, my 97-year-old immobile grandma has one good NFL game now and then. Wow. The hate on Dak is real. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I just, I guess we're different on this somehow. I, I like, yeah, they deserve credit for a, a good performance last night. That was a good performance. No, it was not a good performance. It was a dominant performance. Mm -hmm. It was a dominant per outside of the kicker. It was, you got, you got the performances you needed. When, when you have a, a playoff game on a Monday night like this, your stars have to show out. Micah Parsons, absolutely dominated. Dak Prescott, absolutely dominated they got they played 
And this is probably the high watermark for them, right? Let's be honest. Again, they're not going to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers to win. I have to believe they're, they're going to be a significant underdog by the time we get to Wednesday or Thursday. And by the way, great job by the NFL scheduling a playoff game on a Monday to give the Cowboys a short week. Congratulations. My point is, I think they dominated that game. Mm-hmm. They, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks were never in danger of winning that game. Right. Never. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys dominated. And, and I think they deserve credit for that. Honestly, I am no Cowboy fan. I am no Jera fan. They deserve credit for dominating last night. Kurt Meyer says, morning, Monty Tribe. Tommy got jizzied. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dallin Sproul, good morning to you. He says, uh, still a sad moment on the football field. Too many of these moments on the football field. Are you talking about the injury at the end of the game? I think you might be. Uh, Jeremy said, I don't think Tommy is the greatest athlete in the history of sports. He has probably been the most dominant. But Tom Brady has 10th the athleticism of MJ, Tiger Woods, Alex Caruso, or Taysom. But you understand that's what makes him so great. And I, I was saying this a minute ago. He's not the most talented. He is not the most athletic. He is not the most gifted. But talent, talented and gifted do not equal success. Okay, listen. Hard work, dedication, professionalism are far more important than talent. Because the old saying, what is the... the the, you know, the talent without work ethic or whatever the saying hard is. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Every single time. And Tom Brady, I, another thing that I've really been digging into lately is what happens when you, when you outlast your talent. When you get to a point in your chosen endeavor, when your talent cannot take you further, how do you get further? Tom Brady has been a tremendous example of what mental toughness and hard work will do when your talent isn't good enough to get you to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough. His talent isn't why he's got, you know, what is it, seven championships. That's not why he's the winningest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's not why I call him the most successful professional athlete ever, the best professional athlete ever, is because he didn't rely on his talent. He relied on toughness, Mental toughness, physical toughness, and he relied on work ethic. That's why he's the best professional athlete ever, in my opinion. Uh, Cody Strickland said, why are my comments disappearing? I have no idea. Cody, I have no idea. Because I, <laughs> I love the conspiracy guy. Why are you guys deleting my comments? We're not. N- nobody's deleting your comments, bro. NY uh, Monty fan says, Dak must have been tuning into the show and heard Jake's smack talk. Man came out ready to ball and take out... Uh, old man Tommy. Yeah, he had a nice night. Mrs. Sure. Monty loves that you guys spell out Tommy. Yeah. And I think it's funny too. Yeah. Mapes, what's up? Mike Maple says, Jake wasn't alive the last time Dallas won a road playoff game. Nope. Well, because it's never, has it ever happened? It feels like, I mean, it feels like the 70s. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Come yeah. on now. It- Kurt says, in, uh, in that 20-year-old uh, brunette running around in the skybox, Jerry's wife or a concubine. You just asked about Jerry's concubine. Okay. You know. Uh, give credit to Dak and the Cowboys. Jake will never do that. I've said never. they had a good game, dude. Never. You had you I, I guess I'm just different on it. Like, what do we always hear? This is this is what I don't like. What do I always hear about the Cowboys? They're this great team. Dak's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's just having a bad year. And then they come out and they do that. 
And then everyone wants to say, oh, well, they had some amazing performance. But wait, I thought they were the best team in the league. Isn't this what they're supposed to do? That's what I think is funny. Like, yes, they had they played well last night. They dominated that game. You do have Micah Parsons. You do have Zeke. You do have all these guys, right? Like, you do have Dak. That's where I kind of come back to the middle, though, right? Yeah. Like, it's it, like I just feel like this is what we do with the Cowboys. So then when they're on a short week against the 49ers, okay, you win that game? Now I'm going to start changing my tune and saying, okay, now you're outperforming what I thought you could do. Now we're we're in a place where you're exceeding but expectations. You, you picked Tampa to win that game. Yeah, I did. So yeah, then I what did. do you mean he didn't outperform expectations? I'm saying on the season, like generally what you would expect out of the Cowboys. I expect the Cowboys to get to the playoffs and contend for a Super Bowl every year. That should be the bar for them. They've made the playoffs. They're contending for a Super Bowl. I think we have this skewed... This skewed idea of what the Dallas Cowboys are. I don't think that anybody believes that Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. But what most people will tell you is they're not good enough. They're going to choke. They're going to lose. It's Jarrah. Dak sucks. They, they. So that's, I think, what 7 out of 10 NFL fans will tell you about the Dallas Cowboys. Last night, they outperformed the expectation. There's no question... I don't understand why it's so hard for people to say the Cowboys came out and dominated Tampa and outperformed expectations. Why is that so difficult? They, they outside of Brett Maher, the kicker, they dominated Tampa last night. In Tampa, on grass, on the road. They dominated. Why can't we say that? I don't know. And I think... You know, a lot of it is, I think people he, hate Jerry Jones. And yeah, I, I mean, think people will never pay respect to him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll be really clear. I don't really care for Kerry, Jerry Jones. It's not I hate the guy, but I mean, I think I like I just don't. It just is what it is. He's the owner of the Cowboys. Like, that, he just exists. Like, it's not like I'm saying, hey, I'm never going to say something nice. Like, I feel like I've said like three or four nice things about the Cowboys this morning, and that's not being but, like I But said, I feel hey, like you won't say they came out, they dominated, and they outperformed expectations. They didn't outperform my expectation then. Maybe my expectation is different, dude. Your like, expectation I, last night was that Tampa would win. Yeah, and I've said I got the game wrong. Right, so, but <laughs> maybe we're just on different pages today. Your expectation last night was that Tampa would win. You just said Dallas didn't outperform my yeah, expectations. I'm talk no, no, I didn't say my expectation. I'm saying expectations in general. What are, what was I just explaining? Hey, they're great. They're supposed okay. to be this great team. They're supposed to be, you know, this team that contends for a Super Bowl, and that's supposed to be the benchmark. Okay. Right? And then we want to say, well, they dominated and they had this great, like they had this great game and they they torched Tampa. They did. So so you can't have it both ways, though. Like, you being the proverbial you, not necessarily, like, you yourself. Like, like you can't say, oh, this is a great team, and then we, we celebrate and say, oh, my God, what an amazing I game. I don't think like, any – see, you know nobody I mean? is saying the Dallas – let's get this right. Let's stop disrespecting the Dallas Cowboys. Let's pay them their proper level of respect. Nobody said the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. Nobody has said that. They came out last night and kicked the crap out of Tampa. And we need to, to recognize that. You can't hate somebody so much that you're unwilling to recognize their performance. You can't hate somebody so much. This is the Nick Saban thing I always tell you about. You don't have to, to like Nick Saban. Please feel free to hate him. But you will respect him. You will respect him. You don't have to like the Dallas Cowboys. 
They earned your respect last night. You don't have to like Dak Prescott. He earned your respect last night. You don't have to like Micah Parsons. He earned your respect last night. The Dallas Cowboys throttled Tampa on the road in the playoffs. They have my respect. They have my respect. And if they don't have yours, that's a little surprising. If they don't have yours, you're just being a hater. Plain and simple. Cody Strickland says, I think Michael Phelps is the top gun. So Michael Phelps, a swimmer who doesn't face the adversity that Tom Brady does, who's played a quarter century in the NFL, and he's 4,900 years old or whatever. What is he, 43, I guess, or whatever Tom Brady is. Michael Phelps, the swimmer who doesn't get hit by anybody, is a far better athlete who, by the way, was popped out of the womb, built like a swimmer. <laughs> he just, you know, he's a better athlete. Get out of here. Michael Phelps. Maybe we should delete your comments. Giggity says, uh, good morning, fellas. Dak looked good last night against a sub-500 team. Good luck next week. Hey, again. But he can only play who's in front of him. I, like, I, I don't think that... You know, yeah, they it's, are they are a sub five hundred team, but but they're in the playoffs. You can only play who's in front of them. Look, the difference is is that we just view the Cowboys differently. Mm-hmm. We just view them differently. Like, I'm not a hater of the Cowboys. I'm not. I am. Well, okay. I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like Jerry. But Jones. you're on this train this morning about giving them their credit, and I feel like I've yes. given them their credit. I've said three times they dominated this team last night. The difference is is I'm not willing to sit here and say that that's like. Uh, you know, uh, 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 like a, you know, whatever you want to say, like a special performance or like a, like a, uh, that know. Dak Prescott. I, I have no problem saying that Dak Prescott put up a special performance last night after what happened last weekend and whatever that was to end the season to go three Oh five, four touchdowns, no interceptions and be rated 143. Yeah. I'm going to say that's a complete flip. And by the way, I would also remind you he was 0 of 6 on the, I, I believe he was 0 of 6 yeah, to start the game. Yeah, they did a great job bouncing back. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving Dak Prescott his due. That was a great performance last night. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, 10 years ago, my wife chased Tommy around on the Bugs Life bumper cars at Disneyland. I was in the bathroom with my second child and missed it. Yeah, I bet about nine months after that incident, you had your third child, didn't you? <laughs> uh, Richard McDonald said, good morning, gents. Call your moms today, guys. Smash the like button. Exactly right. Please go ahead and hit the like button. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, always appreciate that. Uh, Monty fan says, Jake, eat some crow. Don't be like Sarah Sweeney Todd. Jake never eats crow. He's never wrong about anything. Just I ask said, him. okay, dude, that's not true. <laughs> I just said that I got the game wrong. Uh-huh. Did I not just say that? No, I didn't. I don't remember well, that. Go ahead, say it again, will you? Yeah, I got the game wrong. <laughs> I never get anything right. Exactly right. Uh, Tanner says, Jake, stop making excuses. Just take the L. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not taking some... some. I'm not going to sit here and give Dak <sighs> a, a beach, dude. Like, like, a beach. Like, this is... The reality is, is it is. It is. Giggity's right. But he can only play who's in front of him. And this is why I'm saying, like, I, I didn't realize we were so different on this. Yeah, he had a great night last night. Do it against a great team. He can only play who's in front of him, right? But that's why I okay. say you go and beat the 49ers, then I'll be here slurping Dak Prescott till the end of my days. I actually kind of agree with Jake. Like, yeah, they played a good game. Like, do we want to give them a cookie because they did their job? Just saying. Gage, okay. 
Okay, that's fine. Uh, M.Y. Monty or Jeremy Bolton says, M.Y. Monty fan, she had been rubbing it in my face ever since I sacked a diaper full of poo while while she got the bull rush TB12. I love it. Uh, M.Y. Monty fan says, Monty, you're 100% correct. We all hate Gerald Jones. That is true. That, that, That is the true reason. Yeah, I think we just hate. We love to do that in sports. We like to be haters and we like to not pay people respect. I'm a big believer in Paying people respect. I hate who, what team do I hate the most in all the of Packers. Sports? The Pack. Oh, I'll never pay the Packers respect. Um, but that's my point, right? Like, I hate the Green Bay Packers. I don't. But I think I've been very blunt about who Aaron Rodgers has been. The guy's been an underachiever his entire career, right? But if you, if you, who can I actually say I hate and pay respect to? Manchester City. I hate Manchester City. No, I don't respect them either. Kurt Myers says, uh, a five-minute hot shower because the same old body stimulation as a 30-minute run. Okay. Great. I'm, I'm not saying to take a full cold shower. Never said that. Trumont, uh, the reason why many people can't say Dallas dominated because everyone hates Dallas. I hate them too, but I can't deny the fact that they balled out last night. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, Marsing Outdoors. Hello. Uh, Cowboys are like the Lakers. Everyone keeps talking about them as if they are championship contenders every year because of a terrible owner that micromanages everything. Mm -hmm. Lakers are very much the same. It's very much the same. Very much the same. Um, Let's see. Who else? Kurt Meyer says, NY, yes, look it up. Man, it raises the heart rate, et cetera. Yeah, warm showers are great. Warm showers are great. Uh, let's see. Byron Leftwich fired. Racist. Did they fire Byron Leftwich? They did? I, I didn't, didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't see that. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Um, I will look and see. Um, no, I don't see that they fired Byron Leftwich. I would be surprised by that. Byron Leftwich expected, and Tom Brady had a... <laughs> expected to fire Leftwich. Oh, they is have that right? not done it yet. Well, if they fire Leftwich, I'm going to guess that Tom Brady won't be back. Because I know those two had a very close relationship. Monty, you're, you give respect to the Packers. Is Rex Grossman played on that team? If Rex Grossman, well, yeah, Rex Grossman's terrible and awful. And I would applaud Rexy coming out of retirement. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, so your thoughts on the NFL. By the way, what, what, it, what would you today, what would you put the number at for the Cowboys and the 49ers? That game um, is Sunday at 430 um, I mean, that feels like initially you're like, oh, well, Niners defense, right? Niners defense, they're going to make it tough. But there's a big part of me that feels like a lot of the NFL is who's playing good football and who's hot. So, you know, part of me feels like, hey, like the Cowboys will go in there and I, I could see them putting up 27, 30 points and being a problem for that for that defense. I mean, that you're you're like the thing last night that Dak deserves credit for is being able to con- control safeties to throw his guys open, being able to manipulate the defense, you know, to to create space for tight ends and receivers in different situations. So when he has that ability and he's playing well, yeah, I think that the over under on on a Cowboys Niner game would probably be somewhere in the 50s, I would think. That's that's in the 20s, low 30s, I would guess. You know, that's what that's what I would expect. Like again, see this is the problem though. This is what I always run into. So today now they play some great game last night and today I'm going to say, "Oh, well, now if they're going to play this way against the Niners, I would expect this." And then they're going to come out and play like crap. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem. That's the difficulty 
with the Cowboys. So if this, if the Cowboys team from last night shows up uh, against the 49ers, I would expect an over-under somewhere in the 50s. That's what I would expect. Uh, well, the boys in Vegas disagree with you. Um, the boys in Vegas have a consensus number of San Francisco minus four, and the, the over in the game is 46. Now, I would agree these are two of the better defenses. I think the 49ers are the best defense in football. Um, but I think Dallas showed they could perform. Again, what is Christian McCaffrey going to do in this game? Mm -hmm. Because Brock Purdy's not going to beat the Dallas Cowboys on his own. He's going to need he's going to need significant help. They're going to have to win the middle of the field. And my guess is that CMC is going to have to have a huge game. And Friday when we deliver our our uh, our picks on that game, my guess is I'll be on the 49ers side of that. Mm -hmm. But let's not kid ourselves. That 49er defense is good. So, yeah. And you you look at the way that they finished this year. I mean, the the Raiders game was a little crazy on New Year's Day. But they dominated Arizona and Seattle, two pretty crappy football teams you would expect them to. But there's something to be said for the way that, that Dallas went to Tampa with, on a mission. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said for that. I would agree with that. But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Mr. Preston, good morning. Cowboys are going to choke on the 49ers' D. Okay. See what he did okay. there? Okay. See what he the 49ers' D. He means their defense. Right, right. He means their, their defense. Right. You know. Uh, Boyd Lake, good morning to you, sir. Where you been? The Bucks just don't have an O-line that can stop anyone, much like the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I love that everybody in Utah talks about the Jets because of Zach. It's only one guy. Zach Wilson was a total failure as a quarterback yeah. in New York. Anyway, uh, all right, we'll get back to Tommy and the boys coming up uh, in a bit. Also, got uh, football 50 in 20 minutes. Uh, we have to talk about Jim Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and I do think we need to have a conversation about is Tom Brady done because most people expect him to vie for a spot with probably the Las Vegas Raiders. It makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. Um, all right. All of our football talk on this here program is brought to you by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Find them at any of their five Utah locations from Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, the GZ, St. George, and of course, Salt Lake City and Murray right there on State Street, which is a store Jake and I shopped at. Um... You know, if they're just good guys to do business with. And if you want to know how to cook wings, you go into a barbecue pit stop. Or I know, get on their website and use the chat function. How easy is the barbecue pit stop website to mm -hmm. use? There's a chat function. You could say, hey, how much asado seasoning did Monty put on his wings this week? <laughs> they will give you an answer. Uh, but asado seasoning, order it on their website. You can shop online or go into any of their five stores. Again, Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and Murray. It's Barbecue Pit Stop. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. And while you're there, make sure you check out the Ironwood 885, man. It's the, yeah. the smoker I have. And if you are still a charcoal briquette guy, I don't know what to tell you. If you're still rocking propane tanks, why? I don't understand it. Because there's just no rhyme or reason for it. I'm telling you, pellet smokers, plug it in, hit ignite, boom. Put the wings on the smoker, boom, done. Yeah. Half yeah. an hour later, I had three great leftover wings. <sighs> so good. Two-day-old wings. Bomb. Amazing. Amazing. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball. And my guy, the greatest athlete of professional sports we've ever seen, Walker Kessler. 
No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the Jazz win 126-125 uh, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert played five minutes before pulling his groinal region. And Walker Kessler dominated. 20 points, 21 rebounds, and I thought had the game of his career. And it brings us back to this conversation we've been having on this show for the last couple of months, it feels like. And that is, even when he's healthy, Kelly Olynyk, should Walker Kessler start over Kelly Olynyk? I say absolutely. I don't know why you wouldn't because we're getting these little flashes in the pan. And I don't care if Rudy Gobert played or not. It doesn't matter to me. Walker Kessler showed us something yesterday with that stat line and that performance and his ability to finish on the run that he is a guy that can contribute on offense and he is still an elite shot blocker. Jake, I think Walker Kessler should be starting at center for this club. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that Walker Kessler is someone who who is athletic. I think obviously he's got young legs on him, you know, so he's able to, to sustain it over most of the game. And, and I think... Yeah, last night, obviously, he wasn't playing against, you know, a, a full-on seven-foot big. So, you know, a little bit more access to to put up a big game. But I think that what you're seeing is, yeah, his ability to finish in tight spaces. I think he's got good touch around the rim. I also think that he's starting to get more aggressive in the pick-and-roll game. There were several times where he set the pick, he rolled, and, and they found him, whether it was Beasley or Conley or whoever. I mean, he was getting fed last night. And to me... When he was out of the game, the the T-Wolves had, you know, no problem getting to the rim. But when he was in the game, you know, even on, you know, I look at, you know, later in the game in the fourth coming down the stretch, he affected a lot of shots. So to me, I just think this kid needs more minutes. Just keep giving him more minutes. Like, play him. You know, don't overplay him to the point where he's going to get hurt. But play him. Like, I, I really feel like 30 minutes a night is not too much to ask. Like, the guy should really be out there and develop him. Like, because if you can have a premier big on your team already that you don't have to go and trade for, that changes something like the DeAndre Ayton situation. You know, if you are patient, if you if you feel like you could be patient enough to let this guy develop a little bit, let him show you what his jumper looks like, right. let him show you right. what he can do, well, that opens some doors because now you don't need to go and make an Ayton trade. You can make an, a different trade now because he's good. So, but here's, here's the other question. How good was Danny Ainge this summer? Because what you saw out of Walker Kessler and Ochayag Baji last night was nothing short of sensational. Those two guys are, I think I can make the argument without those two guys, they don't win that game. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at, at Ochai's line last night, and I know everybody's on Walker Kessler. Ochayag Baji yesterday played 31 minutes, six of eight from the floor, three of four from three, two rebounds, a block, it was a plus three and 17 points. And his defense mm-hmm. made a massive difference in this game. The thing that you, you're starting to see with Ochai is the double team instinct is developing on a possession to possession basis. Timing of doubles, being in the right place, anticipation, rebounding. His rebounding has grown exponentially just in the last month. Yeah. You're watching somebody turn into a guy that couldn't get on the floor and spent the first half of the season in the G League to a guy that you can't keep out of the rotation now in Ochai Agbaji. Yeah. He is a knockdown three-point shooter in the corner. And I think the biggest question now is, why on earth would you answer the phone if Danny Ainge is calling? Mm -hmm. Because he absolutely fleeced the Minneapolis-Minnesota tinder puppy wolf things. (laughs) He, You guys, 
the Timberwolves got dominated in that trade. Yeah. Who are we kidding? I'm for real. But look at the Don trade. He dominated the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're watching Laurie Markkinen, who didn't play yesterday, by the way, with this hip injury. But you're watching Laurie Markkinen blossom into an all-star right in front of your face. He's a player that he's never been before. And trust me when I say, as a Chicago Bulls fan, I was not sad the day that he wound up wearing a Cleveland shirt. Mm -hmm. I was not sad. And Cleveland was not sad to trade, you know, Laurie Markkinen to, to the Jazz. But the Jazz, in this new era of Utah Jazz basketball where they're developing people, have turned Laurie Markkinen into an all-star. Yeah. He's not a guy that just settles for the easy J anymore. Because that's who he used to be. He was never run the floor catch and dunk guy. He was, hey, let me chill out here at the three-point line and hopefully I knock this down. That's who he was. Not anymore. He is running the floor. He is making the elbow jumper. He is playing on the block. He is rebounding. He is defending. Of course, he's shooting the three at a higher level. Laurie Markkinen's turned into this this really good all-around player. Colin Sexton last night, I think, had one of his better games as a Utah Jazz man. Mm -hmm. Not relying on the three or the wild three or just playing freelance basketball. He's playing system basketball. And then you look at Ochai. They won the Cleveland trade. There's no doubt about that now. But if Danny Ainge calls you at the trade deadline, why are you even going to pick up the phone? You see an 801 area code, bro, don't answer the phone. Y'all feel me? Let him leave me a voicemail, yeah. man, because I ain't ready to get whooped. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what, you're, that's what you're looking at in this situation with Danny Ainge. These last two trades are nothing short of a heist. Yeah. And I am just so thrilled to see Walker Kessler and Ochai Arbaji doing the things that they're doing. Your best player was out of the lineup, and it was no problem because of what Ochai and Walker Kessler did. Well, and, and you know the name that deserves a lot of credit is David Fisdale. I mean, the guy obviously was brought in for a purpose and a reason, and he's fulfilling that purpose and reason. And I think this is kind of what I, what I and we were talking about over like last summer and like with last year's team. Like This is the kind of development that wasn't happening. You weren't seeing... And like you weren't seeing Rudy add some stuff to his game midseason. You weren't yeah. seeing like you weren't seeing this type of development. And look, I know these guys are young guys, right? I know, you know, last year's team was a veteran team, different vibe, you know, hey, we know how to play. Okay, I understand that. Totally get it. But it just seems to be this situation where the culture's changed. It just has. And now you're you're seeing a team with a bunch of culture around, hey, let's get better. We know we're a young team, but we have time. Let's work on these things. And then as they work on these things and show that they can do them, mm. that gets added to the list of expectation. Hey, I expect Walker Kessler to dunk instead of layup. I expect him to set better screens. I expect him but to do those, X, Y, and it's Z. It's that little tip in at the rim that Rudy just could not do. Yeah. The, the, the thing that is so exciting about Walker Kessler for me is these little things that he's doing that this offense, man... If this Walker Kessler, and this is going to be an outlandish statement, I totally understand it. If this Walker Kessler had been on this Utah Jazz team last year, mm -hmm. look mm -hmm. out. Because now you're a different team. And I, I just can't get away from the fact that Walker Kessler is a better offensive player than Rudy Gobert is. I, I said it, and I'll say it again. Yeah, Walker Kessler is a better offensive player than Rudy Gobert is. And you're not the only one saying it. And I think that people are starting to accept that, oh my God, wow, holy crap, Rudy Gobert wasn't 
maybe as good as we all thought he was or maybe wasn't as valuable as we all wanted him to be. Not pliable. Yeah. Like rigid. Rudy Gobert was a guy that you couldn't say, hey, we got to get you on the block. We need you to be able to do a, you know, a power dribble up into a slam. Hello, man. Hey, we need you to be able to catch the ball and make a quick pass to a Dude, cutter. that spin move he did in the paint to get to his, I believe it was his right hand, that was nice, bro. That was in, like, that was fluid. It looked natural. It looked relatively and, easy. And he's a rookie. Yeah, I know. Dude <laughs> needs to lift rookie. weights, right? He like, needs to build his body a bit, and obviously he needs a, a seven-footer. He needs a jumper. And it, if he ever consistently knocks down a jumper, he's, he's going to be your starting what, center for five years. But what's exciting is, like, you look at his shooting form, and it caters to, yeah, he should be able to. He, like, it projects. It's it not absolutely like he's projects. got some whack shooting form. And so, to me, it's like, this kid, the sky is the limit for Walker Kessler. I really do believe that in my heart of hearts for this kid. And I think that, that all he's got to do is get in the gym this summer, put on 10... 12, 15 pounds of muscle this summer in the offseason. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Work on the jumper. And then come back. And if all he comes back with next season is the ability to bang with guys, the to, to be strong enough to, to hold your ground against, you know, Drummond, uh, Steven Adams, yeah. like the big boys in the league, if he can just do that, that would be a huge win, in my opinion, because that is the one glaring hole in his game. He can't be physical with guys right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But this also explains why over the last week or so, Kelly Olynyk's name has been in trade rumors. Yeah. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense because you have to go all in on the youth of this team. You know that the Utah Jazz are, I mean, I think the only guys you're not trading are probably Laurie Markkinen and Walker Kessler. I have Ochai on that list right now. I need to. I want to see eh. just how far you can take it with him. Because, I, I wouldn't go that far. If well, Ochai Agbaji finishes off a trade, it's not the end of the world. I would you love to see him two years from now? Yeah, I would. I would love to see him. But but is Ochai Agbaji a guy that'll go and get you know the best skills coach in the world? Is he a guy that'll you know? I don't know if he's that guy. But if he goes and develops himself, great. If if I can get two first-round picks, but only if I include Ochai Agbaji, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Kelly Olenek, I'm doing that. I think Laurie Markkinen and, and Walker Kessler are the only untouchables. I, 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 you're not wrong that we need to see what Ochai turns into. I, the only reason that I'm on Ochai is not because I think he's going to be some all-star. I don't think he's going to be some all-star. But what I know is every championship team – as a guy that stands in the corner and knocks it down at 42%. And Ochai's going to be that guy for somebody. He will be that guy. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. He can be he can be an important player. He can be that guy. I I I don't disagree with that at all, but I'm telling you, man, he is a he is an absolute thrill to watch as a rookie. The Kessler? excitement. Yes, Walker yeah. Kessler as a rookie. Thank you. Walker Kessler is a thrill to watch. I am super stoked about that. I just, I am really excited to see what he does. MY Monty fan talking jazz says, bad thing is I don't think there is a demand to trade Olenek. Kessler is clearly a starter. Well, you know what? I, I don't know that I can, I can agree with that. I think there's a couple of teams that need a bench big. Uh, it's certainly in the, in the West. I mean, you need some, you need bench depth if you are... Phoenix, if you are 
Hell, the Clippers are a team that needs bench depth. I mean, it, it there's no doubt that that you're you know, you you have your your number one, and his name just went right out of my head. Um, the start the center for the Clippers. Zubots. Z- yes, Ivica Zubots, thank you. Um, is your number one, but who's their backup? They're playing Morris at center right now. Well, and I think what's interesting about Olenek is he can fit into basically any roster. I mean, you can, like, he's not a guy that's, you know, high maintenance in the locker room, clearly. No, so. I, w- I, would, I would think not. And, and you're going to see, by the way, the Clippers are here tomorrow. Um, it's 7 o'clock, the Jazz and the Clippers. But I think you're going to see, you look at some of these teams in the standings. Mm-hmm. I still maintain the Clippers are a really good dance partner for the Jazz. You look at their needs and you look at what the Jazz have to move. And the Clippers are, you know, hell, like everybody else in the West, they're, they're a game and a half in the playoffs. That's it. <laughs> I mean, and they're in the sixth spot at this point. You know, from, really from Dallas at the five, who is seven uh, back in the West, down to Oklahoma City, who's nine and a half. And really, the, the Suns are 10 out. But nobody, I, I wouldn't say anybody below the Lakers, like San Antonio, you're done. The Houston Rockets are done. The Lakers are a game and a half out of a playoff spot. Yeah. And, and I, so I'm telling you, they're 13th in the West. They're not done. That's why everybody thinks they're trying to make a deal. And, and they should. If they get Boyan Bogdanovich, that's a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And that's that one trade. If you are a Jazz fan, yeah, that's that one trade that's going to kick you in the nuts. Yeah. Because... <laughs> You should have gotten a first-round pick out of the Lakers for Boyan Bogdanovich, and yeah. you wouldn't do it. Yeah. You, wanted to, you wanted to put your middle finger up and send him to Detroit for nothing. Mm-hmm. You quite literally send him to Detroit for nothing. Mm-hmm. To, you know, for, you know, for personal atonement or whatever you want to say, whatever, whatever your grudge is against the Lakers. Yeah. You could have had a first-round pick that, that, granted, 26 and 27 don't project out to be great picks. I'll take a, a first-round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, I would have. And I, it, it's really unfortunate that you were willing to send out Pat Bev to the to the Lakers. But you weren't willing to send Boyan Bogdanovich to get a first round pick. That just seems like <laughs> it's strange. It's very strange. But anyway, here now there you look at the L.A. Clippers and you look at what they have um, and you you quickly start to understand that they're getting healthy, man. You You look at their win over Houston the other night. And you start realizing who's playing the minutes for them. It is, it is guys like Ibiza Zubats playing 30 minutes. Who's their backup center? They don't, I mean, outside of Moses Brown, you know, they, um, they don't really have a, a great backup center right so now. And they need where, it. You can see where Olenek would fit in in that group. You yes. Know, coming, playing, playing 15 or 20 maybe minutes a night. Like, and you're you getting, know. the scary thing is you're getting more 30-point performances out of Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's what should scare you, right? And and if they are able to make, if they are able to make like a Mike Conley trade, because mm-hmm. they don't have a point guard on their roster right now. I don't know if you guys realize that about the LA Clippers with with John Wall being out, they're using Kawhi Leonard, they're using Terrence Mann, they're using like this mix of guys. Yeah, and Reggie Jackson's playing fifty. You don't have a, a starting point guard. Reggie Jackson's playing fifteen minutes off the bench. Well, they've run him in in the ground, though, too. They need yeah. Mike Conley. Yeah. They need Kelly Olenek. And, you know, listen, if you want to throw me, if you want to throw me a, I don't know, an expiring contract, mm-hmm. let's do that. Let's let's have a conversation about Luke Kennard. Let's have a conversation about, you know, obviously I'm not that excited. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want John Wall. 
But there's got there's some value there, man. I'm telling you, if if you look at the guys that are playing the bulk of the minutes for this team, there is some value on that roster for this Jazz team. Yeah, yeah. But and, and I think that you know the the Jazz again. These are these are all trades that you have to get right. You know, you can't just make trades and make trades anymore. If you're the Jazz, you're in a situation now where you have you have gotten to a certain point in the climb where your young depth is really working hard and developing and doing some good things. And I'll keep saying it. The Jazz are in almost every game that they play. They just don't know how to finish games. Nice to win a, a one-point game yeah, if you're the right? Jazz, right? Right, and you won that with a lot of good defensive possessions down the stretch, which was really nice to see. So, like I said, I mean, I, I think, you know, like the Clippers, he's right, are a great example of a team that have, that there's opportunity in trade, 100%. There's good opportunity in trade. And, and I look around, if I'm Danny Ainge, and I say, okay, I want to be a little more careful about who I'm including in this trade because it is the West and because we are going to play them. And and if, you know, not if, when we get to the playoffs, we're going to see this team. So I want to be mindful about who I'm sending to the Clippers. But overall, yeah, there's opportunity there. But I, I have no interest in a Robert Covington. I no. have no interest Excuse in... Excuse me, it's Rocco, please. Yeah, exactly. I have no interest in filleting a guy by calling him Rocco. Yeah. Uh, I have no interest in a Nick Batum or, but you know, the guy that I have a lot of interest in looking at his number, John Wall's making $6.5 million and he's on a club option for next year. Yeah. I'll take that contract back. You want to give me John Wall for half a year? You can have Mike Conley. Yeah. Let's do that deal. Right. All day. I'll do that deal. Well, and I think, but it's important to understand why, right? Like, I know you know why, but like, like you're talking about like with that kind of deal, you're moving Mike's money, you're bringing on John Wall's money, which is less than Mike's money, and you can drop his contract number from your cap. And my guess is, my guess is that you would wind up having to take a Kennard. You'd wind up having to take a Marcus Morris. You'd have to take somebody else and make a broader trade. Mm -hmm. Just because remember, also remember the Jazz are hard capped which means dollar for dollar. They cannot add salary. It, it it's to not, their, you can't do it. But I think there's, there's a deal to be made with the Clippers, and I think it's pretty substantive. There's a yeah. good deal uh, to be made with the Clippers, in, in my opinion. So, I'm, I, listen, again, I'm just excited to see them win a one-point game that Walker Kessler and Ochai Agbaji are the reasons they won that game are phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Mark Barrington says guys like Covington and Batum feel like two-year-ago two year targets, not 2023 targets. Totally agree. Exactly right. Uh, Alex Chacon, who's a member of the show, says uh, man or coffee and a first for Conley. I would not mind Terrence Mann. Yeah. Because he's a guy that can, can give you minutes. I think. I do. Troy, uh, good morning to you. Uh, Mr. E says, uh, and the Jazz have legit chance to make the play-in. Uh, all casuals saying the Wolves could make conference finals with Soft Gobert, LOL. I think we've <laughs> talked at nauseum about that. You know. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I know it's not exactly a major accomplishment, but if the Jazz make the play-in tournament, that would be awesome in my opinion. They have every opportunity to do that. Let's see what they do at the deadline because that will dramatically impact, yep. you know, what they do. And you got to get Laurie healthy. And I mean, you, you really, if you're if you're serious about making the playoffs, they could use the money certainly, and that would be a nice bump in games. But we'll uh, we'll see what they do here. Hey, before football fifty, I want to remind you that you can uh, get yourself a membership to this fine here program. Uh, all you have to do is hit the join button, as so many of our members have. Another great day in the exclusive uh, members-only Instagram chat. 
All of you that are members on this program, program. Uh, know about the Instagram chat. We had a great chat last night. Everybody was ripping Jake um, you know, for his Dak Prescott hate, which was, I thought, remarkable. Um, I really enjoyed that part really of the did. chat last night. Uh, but talking about the Jazz game, talking about you know the football game, like that's what this has become. But it's also become a great community of support for each other. And I think it's been fun to talk about cold plunges and cold showers. It's been fun to talk about nutrition. Like we've had a we have a really good group of dudes in our members only Instagram chat. With all due respect to Amber, because she's also in there. Um, but it, it is, I think it's the best part of our, our membership when you join the Monty Show membership. It's $9.99 a month. You get a daily exclusive video, but you also get first access to our merch drops. You also get first access to our contests. Um, for instance, our merch drops, you're going to get a discount. And if we only make 25 beanies, let's say, and there's 60 members in the, in the, in the group, you guys can sell them out and nobody else will ever have access to them for you only. So it's stuff like that. That's a lot of fun. And you get 24 hour access to Jake and I, uh, Hey, big shout out to Adam who we ran into at Fossa fitness yes. yesterday while we were lifting. Yes. He gave us a big shout out. Mike, who I ran into, um, at, uh, Harmon's at the district on Sunday morning. What do you bet? Mike, really good to see you. I don't know why as a man, you were buying hummus, but I forgave you, you on the spot. Um, but it's just really good to see our community growing. So consider clicking the join button right now. Um, I'll kick you down a link here, uh, as well so that you can, uh, so that you can join the, uh, exclusive members only chat. Uh, cause it's a lot of fun. It's it is. not, it is nine 99 a month, but I'm telling you, it's worth it, your it time. is, it, it is $10 that you are going to love. Because uh, it grows your community. And without further ado, at 57 past the hour, it's time for Football at 50. You know, at 57 past the hour, every hour, we bring you the biggest stories in football. Thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, I'm going to have a conversation about Tom Brady because is Tom Brady done? I'm not ready to say he's done. I think he's close, obviously, but I think, like, everyone's pointing to this throw last night where he throws the interception in the end zone, right? And I agree, he was trying to throw that ball away, 100%. Nowhere to go with the football, threw it off his back foot, and just, I, I don't know, I'm not ready to sit here and say he didn't have the arm, but what I am ready to say is he didn't make the play. Like, that's just a reality, right? So to me, you know, that didn't look great, but is he done? I don't necessarily think he's done yet. I think that Tom wants another run at it. And I think that Tom, if Tom goes to another Super Bowl and loses, then he's done, right? Because for athletes like Tom Brady, it it's not good enough just to get to the postseason. You're either getting to that Super Bowl or it wasn't a good season. So to me, I think this guy is going to look at, you know, another team, another situation. Where can I go to get more talent in the offensive room? And let's take one more run at it. And and I, when he said on the dais last night, hey, it's day to day, I don't think he was lying. I think it's true that it literally is day to day. Yeah, Tommy last night got up on the uh, presser table and said, hey, I need to go home. I'm going to get the best night of sleep I can get tonight. And I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it. I, it's day to day, and you know what? I thought Steve Young, the great 49er Hall of Famer, did a a wonderful job on ESPN. He created a package for SportsCenter talking about walking away, 
and the perception of walking away versus the reality of walking away from the quarterback's eyes. And he said, when I walked away, I was terrified. Once I actually walked away, I felt great and I've never looked back. And he talked about how Roger Staubach told him to run away. Don't walk away from football, run away, because that moment is when your life starts. And I think guys like Tom Brady, it's an addiction being a quarterback. You are a rock star. You are a porn star. You are a you're a superhero. Yeah. All of those things combined. You know how hard it is to leave that behind? Cocaine's got nothing on being a quarterback in the NFL, man. Yeah. Like it is it is so addicting. I don't think he's done either. Yeah. I, I really don't think he's done. But you know, I, I am interested to see exactly how he handles this. Because I think the way somebody walks away from the game or retires, I also think that's a huge that's a huge part of your legacy. Him. We need to appreciate him, right? Like, no matter where you are at on on Tom, we need to appreciate what the guy's done for the game. So, just like you said earlier, Bron, Tommy, these guys who are almost done appreciate their final moments. Well, what you need to appreciate is the meatball marinara because they ain't going to be here forever. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Oh, well, we do it with savory ground beef covered, covered in tangy tang marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Download the Papa Murphy's app, too. It's so easy to order uh, your Papa Murphy's through their app. Right on your phone, you can order it this morning. You can pick it up whenever you want, 5 o'clock. What time you want to pick it up? Put in 5 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, you'll walk in the door at Papa Murphy's. It'll be sitting on the pickup rack. Good to go. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 hairs or more. Good morning, casual. 7 o'clock on the Monty Show. Presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, A lot going on in sports this morning. Obviously, Dak Prescott versus Tom Brady dominating the headlines. Uh, But the biggest stories in sports this morning, I don't think there's any doubt. Walker Kessler's performance last night was nothing short of scintillating. Uh, We've talked a lot about that this morning. You know, speaking of appreciating athletes, I think you got to – I hope that you are intentionally trying to find Laker basketball these days because what LeBron James is doing – um, I thought it was fascinating last night that Jabari Smith of the the Houston Rockets, if you haven't seen it yet, walked up to LeBron James and said, hey, by the way, man, you know, you played against my dad in your first game ever. Mm-hmm. So wait, let me get this right. I busted your dad's ass. And then last night, LeBron busted his ass. And he did. He's beating fathers and sons. LeBron had 48 last night and a win over the Rockets. I just think... If you are not watching LeBron perform right now, you're missing spectacular basketball. And this goes back to our discussion to open the show. If you're just tuning in, we talked about how much people hate the Cowboys so they won't pay respect to Dak Prescott this Mm -hmm. morning. I think LeBron James is in the exact same situation. I think so many people hate the, the, the Lakers and hate LeBron that they won't respect his performance. What he's doing right now is nothing short of spectacular. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, what LeBron is doing. Yeah, no, I agree. I think is. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I completely agree, and I think that Bron is is clearly, you know, is in rarefied air, obviously, and I think that we have to appreciate that. And I don't, 
I'm not, uh, again, this is where I can appreciate Braun easily. Like, I'm not a Laker hater. I, you know, I grew up watching Kobe and watching that generation of player, and, and I looked forward to Roko? Lakers. Not Rocco, no. You no, grew no, up no. watching Robert no, Covington. No, um, um, <coughs> you know. No Rocco. But, you know, I, I grew up on Lakers Celtics on Christmas Day with Kobe, you know, and, and it makes you appreciate what LeBron is doing. And I'm really glad that I got to see him in person and hopefully I get to see him again before he's done. Like I, I, it just, it's just special, man. Guys put up 48 points at 38 years old, man. Like who's doing that? You know nobody. what I mean? Like who's doing like nobody like, so to me, it's, it's, it's just one of these deals where like, if you're a jazz fan, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like just set that aside for a minute and enjoy what this guy is able to do because I'm, I'm telling you, he's got, you know, I don't know how long he's got left at this level. I think he's probably still got three, four years left in the league because he wants to play with Bronny. But I don't know how long he's got left at this level. Well, I can tell you laying in bed last night without a shirt on, I was watching the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> and <laughs> You guys love when I say that. I was watching the Golden Please. State Warriors. Did anybody see what Steph did last night? Steph's not going to be around forever. I, I think in today's NBA, you're seeing a... It's weird because Steph was supposedly one of the guys that took the torch. But I feel like we have this new age of guy coming into the league now. Is Steph in his prime? I think certainly he is. But how close is is the backside of his career? Because, mm. I mean, LeBron obviously is firmly on the backside of his career, right? I mean, I, I don't think any of us doubt that LeBron James at 38 years old, is on the backside of his career here. Mm -hmm. But I also think when you look at guys, Steph Curry last night put up 41 dominant points. Yeah, Steph's going to be 35 win. this year. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's not young anymore. So when I look at Steph Curry and I look at LeBron James and, and I, I just see a lot of guys that are special athletes. I see a lot of guys, and I know nobody cares about the Clippers, but Paul George and Kawhi Leonard... Those guys just don't play a lot of games anymore. So when you see Kawhi finally getting back to his old self, like that's why you got to watch basketball. That's why you got to watch Joe. And watching James Harden in the fourth quarter at Vivint the other night was nothing short of spectacular. Yeah. It, it, it is this group of guys that came in together that are probably going to go out within a couple of years of each other. I'm telling you now, appreciate those guys because the LeBrons, the Currys, the Hardens, as much as you hate all of them, They've been so impactful to the NBA. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I think, Jake, that you really – we there is something in this conversation about do we appreciate the great athletes that we are seeing right now, and I don't think we do. And I think there's no better example of this or, or maybe no better example of time passing by than the video going around the Internet right now where people are asking kids, like, you know, 10-year-olds, let's say, around that age, when they hear mellow – and these are basketball players as kids. When they hear Mello, who do they think of? And they don't think of Carmelo Anthony. They don't. They don't. They think of Mello Ball. And I think that is by far the greatest example of time passing. And I think that, you know, you look at, you know, you look at Steph. Like, Steph is one of my favorite players. He is. And, and, and I think that the battles that Steph and Braun have had, like, you just, Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. And, and I think that you can't just skip over that. Whether you hate the guy or like the guy, you can't skip over that. So Tanner says, uh, oh, my gosh, so I'm on the train right now, as always, and there are these two 20-something-year-old girls sitting behind me talking about... Drum roll. Soaking. No way, dude. That's what he says. That's what he says. 
that they're on more the train details, talking about more that. Deta- yeah, need, we're going to need some details, Tanner. That, that you're actually listening to this. We're going to need some details on this. And I appreciate that you're bringing, up, bringing this up because you are the soaker. So I appreciate that you're hearing this. So I want, you know, it's a PG-13 show, obviously. But just give us some deets on what they're talking about to prove that they're actually talking about it. There you go. Um, let's see. Uh, Air Flacco says Steph was a late bloomer. Yes, he was. He was a late bloomer. But yep. do we appreciate, like, who's a guy in sports right now that we don't appreciate? I mean, I, I think certainly, um, I mean, I think everybody universally recognizes the greatness in the NFL of a Tom Brady. Yeah. But yeah. who's that quarterback that we don't appreciate right now? I would guess that it's Patrick Mahomes. Probably. Because I think the odd thing about Patrick Mahomes is, I think people understand that he is probably the best quarterback in the NFL. It's debatable. But do you look at Patrick Mahomes and say, man, we are watching somebody very special? No, because he needs he hasn't quite got to that level of Don. That was the thing about Tom. Tom won so much. He was automatic. That it was like, oh, Tom's on the field. They're winning the game. Oh, they're down 28 nothing to the Falcons. What the hell is going on here? But isn't this the Jordan... Right? The Jordan versus LeBron conversation. It is. Yeah, it is. LeBron's never been automatic. Michael Jordan was automatic. There's, automatic. And I look at yeah. I look at Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I don't think there's any doubt he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. But it, as we go up and down and you see this young group of guys coming up. Yep. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Um, Herbert, Justin Haybear, no yep. doubt about it. The sex machine, Justin Herbert, like that group of guys is coming up. Who's, who's, who's already there though? Well, I think certainly when you look at Pat Mahomes, he has to be a guy that's there. Yeah. And I don't know how many guys are even on that level. I look at the NBA and I think there is a laundry list of guys. We don't, we don't appreciate from, from guys like Devin Booker, from guys like LeBron James, guys like Donovan Mitchell, guys like all of these dudes. Well, I don't think that, generally speaking, and the NBA is a little different on this, we don't appreciate the athleticism and the ability of these guys, just generally. Like, not because we're ungrateful or we're spiting them. I just don't think, like, if you've never seen an NBA game in person, you don't understand what it looks like to watch you know, a 6'8 or 6'7 LeBron James at 235 pounds running the floor. But do we like, do we appreciate what Luka Doncic is doing at, at 23 years old? That he's averaging... Yeah, that he that Luka's averaging 34 points, 9 boards, 9 dimes, and shooting 50% from the floor. I don't think we appreciate how, how great that performance is. And I can tell you, I can't stand Alice or Luka Doncic, and I, I have respect for his game. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about that. You look at the top scorers in the league today. We don't appreciate Joel Embiid and the beating it is to, to be a seven-footer and constantly getting hit. Or a, a, you know, like, I don't know that we appreciate Giannis and just how much development Giannis has. I think there are probably 10 guys in the NBA we don't appreciate nearly as much as, much as we should. But I just hope that at some point, because we're losing an all-time great here in Tom Brady. And we can sit yeah. here and we can talk about, hey, he's old. He cost him that win. But just remember who that is you're talking when about. Tom, what I always say is when blank, Tom, LeBron, Steph, whoever, when blank is not playing their given profession anymore, what then will you 
How much say. will you miss them? Will you miss, would you, if Dak Prescott walked away today, would you miss him? You probably wouldn't. When Tom Brady walks away, there is going to be a massive hole in the National Football League because Tommy's been there. And you know why he's been there? Because he's durable. And you know why he's been there? Because he was automatic. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, automatic. That There's ball's going this, in the hole. And, and this is what I think allows the legend of Michael Jordan to live on because the truth is, once you're three generations removed, nobody nobody knows. With all due respect to Michael, right? Three generations removed from his greatest performance, nobody's going to know. Like, kids will have to be told who Michael Jordan is. They won't just universally know who Michael is. And so there's this concept where everyone wants to do LeBron versus Jordan. And all the LeBron supporters want to say, like the all-time scoring record that he's going to cross here shortly. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to say, hey, well, if we're going by stats, LeBron's the greatest player to ever do it. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But if you're going by why you play the game, which is what we do in life, why? Why are we doing anything, right? Who won more? Well, Michael won more, right? Well, LeBron went to all these finals. Yeah, but who won more, right? So it's like this age-old thing. And, and, and I feel like, we that's what we want to do rather than just saying hey lebron's one of the greatest to ever do it no matter who you are right no matter what you think of it michael yeah. obviously in my opinion is the greatest to ever do it but at a minimum is one of the greatest to ever do it and so i look at yeah i look at patty mahomes i look at joe burrow i look at you know the the names any of the name like you know and i know f1 is overseas but those are some of the greatest athletes on the planet too well, but look at jeremy severe tiger woods i don't like as a person but i think it's easy to forget how dominant he was yeah yeah tiger woods is a guy we don't appreciate for how dominant he was yeah you know look at uh, look at how much we've forgotten about phil mickelson because he sides with the guys who chop people's heads off yeah um i mean phil mickelson was an elite golfer yeah was an elite golfer like, look at all the hockey legends dude we're sitting here talking about about basketball and football, look at all the hockey legends. I never got to watch Wayne Gretzky play. I know he's the great one, but I didn't get to watch Mario Lemieux or, you know, I didn't get to watch Chelios in his prime. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I grew up on Taves and Kane. Yep. In, who, in a Hawks who are sweater. In the comments section, who are the athletes we don't appreciate enough? Just like a good musician, you don't appreciate the artistry till they're gone. I would agree with that. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I appreciate what Luca's mom is doing. We all, on a daily basis, we all do. Brett Robbins says, Devin Booker will be the same as Bradley Beal. Wasted career, just a bucket getter. Yeah, I totally yeah, I mean, disagree unless, with that. Unless you win. I don't think Devin Booker's a bucket getter. I think Devin Booker, Devin Booker needs a change of scenery to understand how good he is. Because it'll make or break him. It'll make or break him. Yeah. If, 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 he was, if he was a Laker this year, it'd make or break him. Absolutely. Uh, Big Dog O-Town. Derek Carr was never appreciated. Never had any stability in coaching. Still got something left, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a guy that you underappreciated, though. Yeah. I, I don't think. You know, that's just me, though. Salty Drunk says Embiid is mentally weak. No, he's not. Totally disagree. Alex Chacon says, I think we appreciate Book if he was more likable. He's not unlikable as Luca, but he's close. Is Devin Booker unlikable? I mean, I don't think he's necessarily unlikable. I think, look, if I'm going to be honest, I think it was a bad look losing by 50 to Luca. That's a bad look. That's a bad look. That's a really bad look. And I think that, you know, I agree with you. I think Book in a Laker uniform would be amazing. But I, I think that Devin Booker, dude, the reality is you went to the finals, you lost, but that was okay at that time because you'd made the finals. That was an amazing season. Yep. Great. Then you bounce back with that 50 point loss to end your season to Luca. And now this year's been what it's been. 
And so, yeah, I, he does need a scenery change. But I also think a lot of, there was some, there were more issues than Devin Booker in that 50 point well, loss. Yeah. I mean, DeAndre yeah. Ayton's disaster. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would say Devin Booker's unlikable. I think Devin Booker's irrelevant. If you want to use a big word, irrelevant's probably the word I would use. Brett Robbins says, Book doesn't even want to practice double teams. Cries when he can't ISO. Oh, stop. It's such a tired take, dude. Stop. It's such a tired take. Like, like. Come on. That was, what was that, three summers ago now? I think. Who I cares? think it was. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, it, it's summer runs. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like, that's so weak. Uh, Eric Flacco says, weren't the refs paid to make MJ win? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only reason that MJ won championships is because the refs. The, the ref. <laughs> like, that's, that's the shit that, that I just that, don't that understand. Sounds that. like a jazz fan if I've heard one. Like, what are you talking the, the refs were paid to make sure that Michael Jordan won. Michael Jordan. Oh, my God. Michael Jordan's no John Stockton, but he'll do. Come on. Yeah. Come I on, mean, guy. The, the hater takes it. It's like, here's another hater take. LeBron's not even the best at his position. Bird is. So how is LeBron even better than I'm Jordan? I'm so tired of Larry Bird. Oh, so my God. Dude, LeBron would dominate Larry First Bird. First of all, do you guys dude, understand that you Jesus. cannot compare the 80s to today in the NBA? You cannot compare what LeBron went through in his career to what Larry went through in his career. The league were in two completely different places. Man, we're talking about 2005, I guess it was, 2004. What, what, are you serious? You cannot compare the two. There's not, it's not even a conversation. What do you mean that Le, LeBron's not the best? Oh my God. The hater rate is deep this morning. Deep. Yeah, people hate LeBron. Rudy Sanchez. The NBA fan base never appreciates Mitchell until he went to Cleveland and got exposure he deserved. Look at the all-star voting. You ain't yep. wrong about that. Yep, yep. And, and I think, again, this is this is one of those things. As we talk about athletes that are underappreciated here on the Monty Show, one of the things that I would ask you to consider is, you know, like how much, how much does exposure make or break a professional athlete? Because I think it it breaks guys. And I think a guy like Donnie, it makes him. You knew, dude, I'm not anything special. I If I can see that Don was going to average 30 this year, I got to believe that people around the NBA knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. You knew this was coming. You put him in a major market like Cleveland and far more eyeballs are on the screen. And he knows that. And he loves it. He embraced it and he's dominating. Like, that's why I would say you got to be happy for Donovan Mitchell. You have to be. All of our NBA talk in the Utah Jazz on the Monte Show is presented by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Play-Doh? I have no idea. Lipstick? Apparently my car door looks like a canvas. Quick Quack! It's my saving grace. No one else needs to know the madness of my door. Quick Quack Car Wash, what I love about Quick Quack, A, there's a brand new one right by my house in the district in South Jordan. B, they just are good people. I love that you roll up to Quick Quack. They're friendly. They're nice. They hand you a free dashboard wipe. You know, they're like, hey, what's up? I don't have to put my card in, uh, my card in a credit card reader because I have a membership. They're like, hey, Monty, good to see you. Here's your dashboard wipe. And I'm in and out of there in five minutes. I don't have time to sit in a 20-minute car wash line. 
like you do at most places. You're in and out of Quick Quack in five minutes, and the end product is awesome. Hit the Quick Quack today. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Let's get a couple more comments in here. Fat Jesus, LeBron would have been crushed by Truck Robinson. That that Yes. Right. Uh, salty Drunk, you guys need to allow opinions and not dismiss them because you don't agree. Who's dismissing opinions? Dude, the, the reality, you you're, about? you're not, listen, man, listen. The, the Larry Bird versus LeBron James argument is not an opinion. It's foolish. It's just, the, it's it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. I'm here for, dude, you want to have a Magic Johnson LeBron discussion? Okay, I'm here for that, right? You can clearly see how Magic's game would translate to today's league. Like, it, it makes a lot of sense. I can get, I can at least get down with that discussion, but you're not going to sit here and run out some smack about Larry Bird, right, in his mid-range game against today's athlete. Larry Bird was not a special athlete, but he was an elite, elite player for he his time. He was an elite three-point shooter. That's like, what and Larry had. And Larry, again, to go back to what we were talking about earlier in the show, if you're just tuning in, Larry outperformed his talent. Larry was never going to be the most talented guy, but he had more tenacious uh, more tenacity. He had work, a better work ethic. Larry was an elite three-point shooter. LeBron James, back in that day, with his body and his physicality, would have dominated. Le- LeBron James is dominating at thirty years, thirty-eight years old. Like to say that Larry Bird would be a better pl- like you either didn't watch Larry play or you don't watch LeBron or you're intentionally being a hater. Yeah, that that is a and. And I'm not even a LeBron and fan. I, and that 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 is from Sports Center. That's where that's from. This exact debate. That's where you guys saw this. This exact debate happen. And I think it was Jalen Rose who said LeBron James could play in any era and be the best player on the, uh, in the league. And that's exactly right. Him and MJ head to head would have been unbelievable to watch. But you can't compare them because they played. Look at the difference between the Jordan rules officiating and the officiating today. How much would Larry Bird have dominated from three when you can't touch him or even get in his landing zone? If he played today, he'd dominate. He would dominate. Like, it's just... The thing that's interesting is so many NBA fans today won't give Michael Jordan credit and be like, oh, he wouldn't make it in today. Are you serious? You don't think... In today's league, where superstar, where you cannot lay a finger on a guy, you really don't think that Michael Jordan would dominate today? Yeah, you, c- come on, guy. That like, that's what. This that's is why what we the don't appreciate is. guys, though. This is why we don't appreciate guys because we want to say that Braun wouldn't dominate in any era. We want to like. It's again, crazy. Again, I have to point out, I'm not even a LeBron guy. He's not even my favorite player. This like, but you have to respect what he's done. Yeah, I think Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Dr. J, LeBron, Mike, Kobe, those guys that have been best players in the world no matter what year it is because they're just more talented than you. And by the way, they outwork you. And a guy like Larry, who was never as talented as Jordan, outworked most people. Jordan and Jordan versus Bird at the Garden when Jordan dropped 63 in the playoffs is one of the greatest sporting events of my life. I've seen it. I have seen it. There's just no, it makes no sense. Eric Flacco says, people ignore how Jordan was getting killed in the 80s and 2000s. He was getting, yeah. the guy was getting physically assaulted by the Pistons and the Knicks. And he still dominated. How many times did Michael Jordan lose in the finals? 
Mm. Never. 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 Anyway. Uh, Louis Capazzo, Bird and MJ head-to-head was epic. Oh, it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Alex Chacon uh, says, I don't think anyone saying LeBron would get crushed by someone from a past era has ever actually seen LeBron play. It's that's what a, I'm saying. That's why Salty Drunk can get upset that we like anybody that says that like Magic, Bird, and LeBron James will dominate whenever you play him because it's, it's his job. It's, it's his life. That's what he does, yeah. man. He popped out of the womb a basketball player. You know, like it, it's, it's remarkable those statements are remarkable to me. Salty Drunk says, those who saw Michael and LeBron play know who was superior. I don't even think it's a legitimate conversation. Who cares who was superior? I have had the great fortune of seeing them both play, and I have had the great fortune of being able to say they're both unbelievable talents, and I don't care who's better because I loved watching them both play. I don't. Uh, there's no fruit in the Jordan versus LeBron conversation. There's not. I, I know who I believe was better, but what's the point, right? Uh, Tanner says, did Bird have a winning record against MJ? I have no idea. Eric and Raleigh, Jordan would average 45 a night if he played now. I, I, it's crazy what he would do in this league, in his prime. My God. Giggity uh, essentially agrees. Brett Robbins says, I like the take LeBron could play in the 80s. The dude lays on the ground at the littlest piece of contact, and you want him in the 80s? No, I'm not doing it. Uh, Jeremy Severe says Tim Duncan is underappreciated. Tim totally. Duncan is underappreciated. Totally. Tim Duncan yep. is. This will piss some people off. Tim Duncan's the greatest power forward probably ever. I said power forward. Anyway, Big Dog O Town says Jordan would average 60 in today's game. <laughs> Lewis says if MJ played today, there would be no contest for who is the GOAT. MJ would have twice the amount of rings if he played today. And he, it's not like Michael Jordan was surrounded by the greatest talent ever because he wasn't, you know, he just, he just wasn't. It's the thing that amazes me is, do you not think it for, for the lay on the ground and cry guy, you, you, do you think that's what LeBron would be doing if he played in 1996? No, cause that wasn't the culture of the NBA in 1996. You got punched in the face proudly. In 1996, what changed? Uh, the NBA changed. They wanted offense. They didn't want 89-88 playoff games. Yeah. They want 110-107 playoff games. They want 119-114 playoff games. Yeah. So the officiating changed. A lot more fouls, a lot more points, a lot more running, a lot more dunking, a lot more three-point shooting. Don't you think that, I know this is crazy, it's just old Uncle Mont and my senility over here right, ranting. Right. But don't you think if um, LeBron James played 1996 that uh, he probably wouldn't be laying on the floor? Bro, what are you crying, talking about, man? As you like to put it. He wouldn't be laying on the floor crying. Because, by the way, the officials back then called technical fouls just because they could. It was a completely different. It is a generational problem. It is a generational problem. If you did not watch the NBA intently in the 80s and 90s, you don't understand this conversation. You probably are in in deep water in this conversation. By the way, there's this thing called YouTube where you can go and watch 80s basketball. Just saying. Stop it, Jeremy Bolton. The mayor of Montytown wants to bring John Crotty back in, and I'm not having it. (laughs) We're not doing John Crotty today. 
Uh, can we debate who is better baseball player, MJ or LeBron? We cannot because we all know LeBron's better MJ football player. MJ or Prime? Deion Sanders on the Manning cast last night was really good. Did mm-hmm. anybody see that last night? I thought Prime on the Manning cast was excellent. Yeah. And we all know pff, nobody's better than MJ. Uh, Brandon Butler says, what Walker Kessler's no Luke Longley, but he'll do. Luke Longley. <laughs> Finally, Let's someone go. worked in a he's Let's go. no blank, but he'll do take. I love it. Let's go. Uh, Salty Drunk says, apart from Scotty, who was a, a, an all-star, but Scotty Pippen's one of the most overrated players in the history of the NBA. Trust me as somebody who covered the Bulls and then the Lakers when Scotty was in Portland. Scotty Pippen was an elite defender. I give him all that credit. I am in the camp that says Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen, Will Perdue, Luke Longley. Those guys didn't have careers before or after Michael Jordan. I mean, I give credit to Tony Kukoc because Tony was able to at least facilitate for himself. But Michael Jordan made Bobby Hansen. Michael Jordan, I mean, the Steve only... Kerr. Nah, he didn't make Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was an elite shooter. Steve Kerr was a really good player. But there are so many, like Kobe and Shaq. How many rings did Ron Harper win with Kobe and Shaq and Jordan before that? Like, I look at Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen didn't really do anything without Michael Jordan. And that's why Shaq had to go on and win another championship. Kobe had to go on and win another championship. Like, when you split up from somebody like that, you better go win a championship. And a lot of those Bulls didn't. You know, like uh, Bill Wennington for the win? I don't think so. <laughs> Bill Wennington. <laughs> I don't think so. Hey, come on. Uh, Fat Jesus says, LeBron doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and he absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yes, in the 80s and 2000s, MJ was not surrounded by great talent. The 90s, that's a different story. Oh, I agree. The Bulls, the Bulls, the fact that, that I think... Phil Jackson's Chicago Bulls coaching staff is the greatest Chicago is the greatest coaching staff in the history of the NBA. They were well coached, and I I don't think there's any doubt that Mike drove those guys to a much higher level. He drove those guys that yeah. it, some of them insane. Stacy King, the now Bulls broadcaster, has some great stories about it. But I can tell you, I've seen Michael Jordan. I've seen Kobe do this. Kobe and Michael Jordan. I don't know that people understand this. I watched both of them play and I covered both of them professionally. Kobe and Michael Jordan operated almost in mirror images of each other. I've seen Kobe Bryant walk up to a player and sit down and have a retirement conversation with him. Very calmly. <laughs> Very calmly. There was a there was a player on Kobe's championship teams. And I'm not going to say the name. But there was a player on the championship teams who just was not good. And I, I can remember at, at a particular shoot-around where it was brutal. They were terrible. And Kobe was not happy. That player went and sat on, on the bench. So it, it, you're, in, you're in crypto, then Staples. And they're sitting in the courtside seats. And Kobe goes up and sits next to him. And proceeds to tell him, hey, man, it's okay. Listen, he said something to the effect of, hey, look at me. Everybody comes to a point in their career where it's over. 
and it's over. And you know what, man? Look, you, you, it, you've played in the NBA. And this guy was not just a young bot. Like, he was just a guy. He wasn't a star, but he was just a guy. And Kobe essentially told him, you're not good enough. Please get off my team. <laughs> <laughs> but you see him do that. Like, I remember Kobe Bryant going after Glenn Rice, the three-point shooter. In a huddle, in a timeout, Glenn Rice shot an air ball and Kobe didn't care that there was 18,000 people at Staples Center. He got in his ass because those guys don't care. They need you to knock that three down. They need you to do that. That was half the problem with Kobe and Shaq. Is Shaq could have to go out for like a six-minute span in the, in the, between the third and the fourth quarter and Kobe hated that. Their whole grind was that Kobe would call Shaq fat he would call him out of shape he would you know like fat fat but, but those guys pulled them along because what did Shaq do Shaq went and worked out Shaq went and got in shape Shaq came back before their their I want to say it was their last championship together Shaq came back in unbelievable shape to see to see Shaquille O'Neal with a six-pack is incredibly intimidating he is a massive human being Shaq, I was 400-something pounds. Shaquille O'Neal walked up behind me and picked me up, put his arms around me and picked me up. <laughs> and it wasn't difficult for him. And I'll, I'll never forget it. We were in front of his locker in the, in the Staples Center locker room, the Lakers locker room. He picked me up. And I even remember my legs being out in front of me. Like, I picked my legs up. He put me down and he goes, man, that's some work. <laughs> I will never forget that. But Dude. those the, the reason I say that is those guys were different. Those guys were different. You know my biggest complaint with Donovan Mitchell when he was a, a jazz man? He never did stuff like that. Because he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He didn't, ha he didn't have the drip to walk up to Rudy Gobert and say, you need to shut your mouth and stop bitching at the officials. Stop talking to the officials which was the biggest grind in the, in the Utah Jazz locker room. Yeah. Like their, their whole face-banging thing over, over Rudy Gobert yeah. complaining to officials. It was the biggest chemistry issue in the locker room. Donovan needed to have the, the position, he did not, to walk up to Rudy and say, stop bitching at the officials. We're not doing that here. He couldn't do it. He could not do it. And that's why this team came apart. Honest to God. They didn't win a championship over the last two years, not because of Dennis Lindsay, not because of Quinn Snyder, not because of your mom. They didn't win a championship because they didn't have an alpha male on this team. And Don wasn't ready to be that guy. He's in Cleveland now. He's dominating. I'm telling you, he's that guy there. Mm -hmm. he, I have heard that repeatedly, that he learned his lesson from what happened here in Utah, and he is being a leader in Cleveland. Yeah. Man, if he would have been able to take that step two years ago yep. out of the bubble when they lost to Denver in the bubble, if he could have taken that step, he'd still be here, Rudy'd still be here, and man, I have to believe they would have won the Western Conference two years ago. Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't. And it's, it's, it's how sports works. All of that to say, I don't know that people truly understand how great Kobe and Mike were. Yeah. I don't think people understand it. I, I, I truly don't believe that they do. I don't. Um, Brett Robbins says, Kobe mentoring Shaq take. 
What do you mean Kobe mentoring? Kobe never mentored Shaq. What do you mean by that? Um, Air Flacco says Shaq carried Kobe to all three rings. Oh, no, he did not. No, I was there for every one of them. No, he did not. No, he did not. They don't win any of those rings without Kobe. They don't win any of those rings without Shaq. Those two guys, and I was, again, I was there for every single dribble. Those two guys don't win a ring without each other, which is why they needed to split up, rebuild themselves, and go win another ring. They had to do, that was not optional. They had to go to Miami and win a ring. They had to get Pau Gasol and win a ring in LA. Mm -hmm. Those two guys needed that. They needed that. And ultimately, I think by resume, Kobe turned out to be the far superior player. Shaq may be the most dominant physical player in the history of the NBA. Kobe Bryant is much more the argument Kobe or Mike than Mike versus LeBron. I've seen all three of them in person. Kobe Bryant was, he just did shit on a basketball floor that would make your mind melt. I don't know. I don't know. And now, you know, we know the stories of Mike teaching Kobe and they worked together and they talked all the time. That turnaround fadeaway Jay that Kobe developed that he took from Michael changed his career. Mm-hmm. It, it, it brought a dynamic to Kobe that then allowed him to become a much, much, much more effective attack player. Yeah. When he learned to shoot, because I also, one of the things I will never forget is Kobe Bryant shooting air balls against Charlotte in the playoffs. Like it was transformative, transformative. And so when you say that Shaq carried those teams, you just don't know those teams then. Because Shaq absolutely did not carry those teams to three championships. He, they don't win without Shaq, but boy, howdy, they do not win without Kobe. They were, they were vital. And you know what? I, I also think they don't win without, I think there's a championship in there that they don't win without John Sally. I think there's a championship in there. They don't win without Ron Harper. Like they had the perfect group of guys and you had a coach that put guys in the absolute perfect position at the absolute perfect time to make the perfect pass that I, hell, I can think of a play that Glenn Rice passed up a wide open three to get Shaq a dunk. Because they had this, this thing, and I don't know how to describe it, but when you're around elite teams, there's just it. It's just there. You can't touch it and feel it. You can't put it in your hands. But man, it's omnipresent, and you're yeah. just like, wow, these guys are good. Yeah. And I, I've said this story on the show before. So one of my jobs was to produce Chick Hearn, the legendary Laker broadcaster to produce his radio show. It's called The Laker Line. And they lose game six, I want to say, or game five at Staples Center against the Sacramento Kings. They go back to Sacramento, I want to say. I can't remember the year. But they had to win that game in Sacramento. And Chick Hearn said to me, oh, they're winning. We'll be, we'll be back. Don't worry. They're, they're winning. Did they win? Oh, yeah, they did. You just knew. You just knew yeah. that they were like, there. Th- those teams, the Jordan Bulls, and I'm trying to think of other teams that I, I can say had that feeling. The Jordan Bulls, Kobe and Shaq with the Lakers, and Kobe's Lakers after that. The Pau Gasol free throw line jumper 
was as automatic as any weapon that anybody's got in the NBA right now. Mm. Pau Gasol's ability to hit a jump shot transformed Kobe's resume. Because Kobe doesn't win those championships after Shaq without, without Pau Gasol's jump shot. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really important. But there were just teams. And so many good... The San Francisco Giants, that's the other team. Like, I was really fortunate enough to be around those teams that won championships. Yeah. Those teams just had some... Bruce Bochy was a really good manager. I don't know what he'll be this year with Texas or whatever, but... Boach in San Francisco was Phil Jackson in L.A. He just had the ability to dial up the right this and that, and he had the right guys. And, you know, the, the I can't remember the center fielder who made a diving play to save Matt Cain's perfect game at AT&T Park. Oh, but, I know who you're talking but they about. But they had that guy. They had Pat Burrell in the right place at the right time. They had... Wilson and, you know, Lincecum and Kane and, you know, Lopez the out of the bullpen. Like they... Gregor Blanco. Yes, Gregor Blanco. In center field, in the right center field gap, making a stupid catch to save Matt Kane's perfect game. It's no different than Glenn Rice making that extra pass to get Shaq a dunk. It's what makes them special. And there's no teams that have that today. I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I think the Warriors a few years ago, when they were at their height, were pretty dominant. You knew they were going to win. The, the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Draymond Green, a guy we don't appreciate. So many people hate Draymond Green. I don't think we have any idea how good that guy was. I, I think even watching it, even watching those championships in person, we have no idea how good Draymond Green was. Mm-hmm. We'll never understand it. We'll, I, I'm telling you, we will never understand it. We'll never understand it. Uh, Brett Robbins says, they're kind of insta really any powerhouse teams in the league right now. It seems to have balanced out towards the top. I think Boston is by far the best team in the NBA. Yeah, but even Boston, I, I agree with you. But like, I think his point is that there isn't Steph, Clay, KD Well, and that's what I was going to say. I think domination in the NBA has changed. Yeah, and I think that I, I I think it's good for the league. I, I you know I think that it, it I I'm not the guy who says it's good for the league that the Lakers are bad. I think that it's good for the league when the Lakers are bad for a cup of coffee and then they bounce back again. I think that's good for the league. But yeah. the Lakers being in the play-in constantly is not good for the league. I, I I think you know I like we deserve Braun versus Jason Tatum. 7.0 when Jason Tatum is what he is now, you know? And I, and I think that, that I, I don't know if it's a Rob Polinka issue. Clearly it's partly a Rob Polinka issue, but I don't know what the issue is in LA, man. Like, I don't know. Why are you so married to, to draft picks when Braun only has a couple years left? Like get on with it, dude. Like, why wouldn't you, you're really telling me that three years of championship level basketball out of Braun isn't worth the five years of suck afterwards. Oh, it's insanity. People like, don't get it. Like, come on, dude. Like, it, he is one of the all-time greats, and, and and I just, like, again, I'm not a Braun guy. I am a Michael guy. But at the same yeah. time, I can also say we're watching the last days of Braun at this level, and I really don't like that there is this seeming 
complacency in the organization to do nothing. Like you're just doing and nothing. I, I, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I think, you know, again, not to keep telling you, hey, I'm awesome, but when I covered the Lakers, their general manager was Jerry West and Mitch Kupchak. Yeah. They had that certain, holy shit, we're the Lakers. I've got to win. Excuse my French. Hey, we've got to win right now. Yeah. And I don't think that Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka have that. And I, I think, I, I'm sure they have, have thought it. Do you think they understand they're wasting LeBron James? Because Boston certainly understands that they have Tatum and Brown. And Jason Tatum scored 50 points again yesterday. I mean, like, you've got to go now. My question is, do, like, who are even, if I said to you right now today in the comments, who's even a contender for an NBA championship this year? Because I think there's three, maybe four teams. Here are my here are my three, maybe four teams. Boston, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee in the East. And again, this isn't playoffs. This is NBA championships. NBA championships. Boston, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. I don't see as they are constituted right now that Philadelphia can compete for a championship. I don't believe as they are constituted right now. Mm -hmm. Trade deadline's coming. Yeah. As they are constituted right now, Cleveland, the Knicks, Miami, Indiana, they're not championship material. Yeah. They're not. And I think right now in the West, right now today in the West, the Denver Nuggets are the only team that I think, as they are currently constituted, can compete for a championship. Because I see flaws in Memphis. I think Ja is an injury waiting to happen. He has got to learn that you don't need to dunk on everybody. And I love watching it. They're great highlights. Until yeah. Ja Morant stops doing that, he's going to keep getting hurt. And Desmond Bain's a great player. Brandon Clark's a great player. They're not championship players. I think the only other team in the West that I would look at is the Warriors. And the only reason I say that is not because they're playing great basketball. Put your two hands above the table. The Don't only you reason be doing that under the table. Dude, I'm telling you, it's a mistake to write them off. I don't think anybody's writing them off. Oh, I think you're writing them off. I'm you not. Just said no, no. The only team that can win a championship at, out of the West as is they Denver. are constituted today. Jordan Poole is not a championship player, and wow. he is their second best offensive player. And Clay's not. Clay is. There's something going on there. Clay is. He's not that guy. They're relying far too much on Kaminga. He's far too important of a player for them right now. Draymond, I think, is is done. I just don't see him competing at the top of his game anymore. And it's taking, like, they win 127-118 last night, but it took Steph having 41 points to do that. Jordan Poole had 32, right? Like, I don't see that, that Lamb, DiVincenzo, Jerome, Moody... I don't see that those guys are, are depth anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's that's my biggest complaint. But now, one of the teams, it's funny, they played Washington last night, who are one of the teams that are talked about with Kyle Kuzma amongst the dozens. The Warriors. He'd be a great fit for the Warriors. if you, And they have, and let's find out how big Bob Myers' testicles are. Mm -hmm. Are they going to trade Jonathan Kaminga or James Wiseman? My guess is they're a lot more a lot more willing to trade James Wiseman. But that's not a championship caliber team right now. That 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 just is not. And you and you look at Clay and Iguadala and you know Jermichael Green, who I think is a really important player for them. He's out, like Wiseman's out with an ankle, Kaminga's out with a foot. Like, you're not built to win right now. Now the the deadline, different story. 
Different story. Today, right now, I think the Denver Nuggets are the only team, and it's because the dad bot God is playing at such a high level. But I think it's it's Celtics, Net, Celtics, Nets, and and Bucks. Those are the and and I have real concerns about the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think the Nets and the Celtics are by far the two best teams in the East. I think the Bucks are close. If they can get Giannis back and healthy, if this knee injury doesn't turn into something that lingers, I think they're really close. Joe Ingles is going to play a hugely important role for them. But right now, today, mm, mm, I don't know. I think I love what Denver's how Denver's playing right now. They're they're just playing really well. Uh, Severe says Joker in Denver is underappreciated, dude. One or two MVPs phenomenally underappreciated. Yeah. Eric and Raleigh says if the Warriors can get Gary Payton uh, back, it changes the team for so much for better. But you've got to have a running mate for Steph. And and Clay's I'm just telling not you, dude, that guy. I'm telling you, bro. I, I, I get that Jordan Poole is young, but he is Steph, a younger version of Steph. I'm telling you, he plays the same way. Mm. He's running all over the place. But He's has he done shots. it in the postseason? Not yet. But eventually he's going to. If they're going to win a championship this year, he's, he he's to. going to have to be an MVP caliber player in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready to rely on Jordan Poole to do that. Guy's a phenomenal talent. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Big Dog O-Town says, FYI, Byron Scott is my cousin by marriage. We grew up in Ogden playing basketball in those old metal garbage cans back in the 70s. Love it. Love it. Love it. Louis Capazzo. 140 plus watching and only 47 likes. Come on, people. It's not that hard to hit the like button uh, for such a great show. Appreciate you saying that, Lewis. Yeah, if you guys could hit the like button, that would be amazing. And who's our next member, bro? Who's the next one going to be? Yeah, we're at 9,411 subscribers on this channel. If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button. We're trying to get to 10,000 by February 19th. So we're working that angle right now. Uh, and we would really, we try to get 150 likes on every show. We don't, we don't hit that number every day, but we have almost 800 views this morning and we only have 52 likes. So if all 160 of you watching right now could hit the like button, if you haven't already, that would be amazing. That helps the channel grow. And we really appreciate your patronage. And without further ado, 10 of the hour every hour, it's Football at 50, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Marinara meatballs. Get them. I'm telling you, order that original crust barbecue sauce and put anything you want on the pizza and get the marinara meatball. Make sure you get the take and bake chocolate chip cookies. I'm telling you. It's magic. It'll change your life. Uh, The biggest story in football this morning, speaking of underappreciated, is Tom Brady done. Does Tom Brady play another snap in the NFL? Yeah. You don't think he's retiring? No. He's coming back, I think. I think he'll go to a new situation. He'll go to a better team. A team that actually puts talent around him and has, you know, a reasonable offensive line that he doesn't have to carry the whole team, you know. And, yeah, he can't carry a whole team by himself anymore, but I'd take him over 90% of the league. I can tell you that right now. I would. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, you've got Jimmy G. He's an option. You've got Brock Purdy. He's absolutely an option. Is Tom Brady an option for the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah. I mean, to me, the the Jimmy G thing, 
Like, unfortunately for Jimmy G, like, he's not the reason that they won games. And I think we've all agreed on that. We've talked about it, and it just is what it is. They're a good team with him, but he's not that X-Factor guy that everyone seems to feel if they had an X-Factor guy, they'd be some dominant team. Yeah. Brock yeah. Purdy is shown to be productive, but I got news for Brock Purdy. He's not Tom Brady. And I understand he's been productive and he's done some things, but if I had the chance to bring in Tom for a year or two to teach Brock Purdy what the hell he's looking at and what he can what he can do, I'm doing that. And Jimmy G, okay, I you know Jimmy G, like, hey man, appreciate you. On to the next, you know, like that's that's the I business think, of the league. I think you have to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Tom Brady should not be an option. The 49ers should continue to build around Brock Purdy. He's under club control, young guy, good contract. Brock Purdy would be my guy. Tom Brady's not done. I think I think Tommy, if I had to guess, he either ends up back in Tampa or in Las Vegas. And I think it makes too much sense for him to to do the Raiders because he grew up in the Bay Area. Like it'd make us that's why I say I think the 49ers make a lot of sense, yeah. only that now Brock Purdy's established himself in that locker room i would not change that jim harbaugh is not changing he's going back to michigan michigan surprised by this uh, a little bit a little bit I, I i'm a little surprised that you had all that smoke around him taking a job and then all of a sudden he gets on a phone call and he's going back to michigan like i don't know what they promised him for money or what the renegotiating of the contract looks like but I'm guessing this is just a money play. I don't think that Jim is obsessed with coaching Michigan, although it is a good job. I think that I it's about the money. It's about stability. It's about his ability for the next three years to say, hey, remember when I took you to the playoff? Even if I sucked this year, I can do that again. Give me another year. Like, I think that's what it's about. Yeah, well, well I think I would never hire a college coach to coach my NFL franchise. Yeah. I'm not doing it. And and the, the laundry list of dead college coaches in the NFL is amazing. And there are very few success stories. Yes. Very few success stories. Ask our guy Cliff Kingsbury, why is Cliffy in the Philippines right now? Because he's burned out on being an NFL coach, right? He could have any offensive coordinator job in the NFL, and he turned them all down to go to the Philippines. Yeah. It's a grind. In college football coaches, if you look at, at Pervin Meyer and you start to understand that Pervy, like he was an abject failure as a as a NFL head coach. And I just don't understand why you would hire a, a, a college coach right now. <laughs> All these David Shaw interviews in, yeah. in Denver, why? What makes you think that David Shaw is going to jump all of a sudden and be the, the next Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos head coach? You know what the issue with college coaches is, too? Winning at the college level doesn't mean you're going to be some prolific head coach at the NFL level. Like, hiring a college coach for me is not about whether you won or not. You know, and if you won, that helps. But what it's about is, like, your character and how you would go about it and, like, what, you know, your... your almost like your morals and ethic in your character like how you would treat these guys because that's why that's why college coaches fail at the nfl level they think that they can take the same tactics in the way that they treated their college players and apply that and stick it to the nfl player and they can't you're talking about coaching kids versus grown men right it's a totally different world and so like david shaw is a great example this guy had some success at Stanford, but let's not sit here and say he was a world beater. That said, I think he could do an okay job in the NFL. For the Broncos, they don't need an okay job. 
They need the guy. They need, hey, I'm going to come in and win games. That's why David Shaw is not a fit. Yeah. By the way, Mrs. Monty, who is a noted San Francisco 49er fan, says you leave Tommy out of San Francisco and I'll leave yeah, this out this of your mom. this is the same person that says said that it, And she, then leave she, this out of your, bro, your, your this mom. this is the same person who says Tom Brady is weird because of his lips. Like, no, she said Tom Brady has huge gums and teeth and that's why she doesn't like Tommy. So, Whatever, man. Whatever. Whatever, Niner fan. Whatever. Um... What's next for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens? Because I think this is a really awkward story. If you look at Lamar, very clearly his teammates want him back. But very clearly, I think the Baltimore Ravens don't want him back at a fully guaranteed salary. But here's the thing that Lamar Jackson can't get away from. Let's surmise, and I'm not saying this is true, but let's surmise that Lamar Jackson's faking an injury right now. Right. Because there's people who have said he's faking this injury... Do you think that's even a possibility? No, it's not a possibility. You don't get to his level and be faking injuries and not be competitive. It's just not possible. Yeah. But he didn't make the trip for the Ravens to go to Cincinnati and die. He did not go with his teammates. If you're Lamar Jackson and you want the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed contract, you're your own agent. You and your mom are going to walk into some general manager's office and say, fully guarantee my contract. Yeah, probably can't do that since you missed like six weeks to end the season. Can't fully guarantee your deal. Like, why would anybody fully guarantee Lamar Jackson's contract? Can yeah. anybody? I mean, and I'm yeah. open for discussion on this if anybody wants to help him out. But I'd love to understand what makes you think that you can fully guarantee his contract? This is a guy who can't stand in the pocket and deliver the football. This is a guy who has to run to be effective. And you want to fully guarantee probably 200 plus million dollars. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Lamar apologist, your argument is that, oh, well, he's got game-breaking talent and he's he's a chaos creator and he's able to just take over games. And while that might be true in the regular season, he hasn't shown an ability to, to win in the postseason. And again... This wouldn't be a conversation if you didn't want a fully guaranteed, no doubt about it contract. If you wanted a regular NFL contract, you'd already be signed. That's Can't do the it. difference, dude. Can't do it, man. Yeah. Um, I just don't see how you, how you have that going. Alex Chacon says they have a young QB they they gave up a bunch of draft picks for. Yeah, what who hasn't missing? worked out at all? Who? Trey Lance. Oh, well, yeah. Trey Lance is a disaster. Uh, Brandon Butler says, TB12 needs to retire. I don't want to watch him go out the way MJ on the Wizards. Don't disagree with that. Don't disagree with that. Louis Capazzo says, Las Vegas Raiders are his destination. We'll find out. Uh, Brady will be a Raider, Tyler P. says. People love that idea. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, Tommy eats a real Subway and comes back as Captain America to lead the Jets to a Super Bowl title. Okay. okay. Well, okay. listen, okay. let me know where you got your ayahuasca tea from because you hallucinating. Uh, K. Nuren says, Tommy is a goat. Agree with that. Eric C. says, man, this football at 50 music just makes you want to vibe. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go. It does make you want to. Yeah. It makes you want to vibe. Uh, and what this football at 50 music does is it really makes you want to get some Papa Murphy's pizza. We'd love an XLMY right now. Right now with Papa Murphy's, we've got a great deal. Which means I make more great pizza. A lot more. 
That's our extra-large New York-style take-and-bake pizza. And it's everything you'd expect from a classic New York-style pizza, hot and fresh out of your oven, and only $9.99. Do I have to share it? It's recommended, but not required. Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza, so you can make the pizza great. Such a great deal. Order now at papamurphys.com. Or download the Papa Murphy's mobile app, which is what I do. So easy to use. Get the mobile app. And the thing I love about the mobile app is, one, it's super easy to order because you all know you're getting the traditional cross barbecue sauce and then whatever pile of awesomeness you want to put on top of that, that's on you, friend. But you're going to get the take and bake chocolate chip cookies. You're going to get the marinara meatballs. You're going to get the pizza. You're going to put in the promo code Monty25. You're going to hit the time you want to pick it up. You can order it here at 8 o'clock in the morning. And pick it up at 5 o'clock. You just got to tell them what time you're going to be there. Boom, done. It'll be on the rack at 5 o'clock. Ready for you to walk in, pick it up, walk out. Don't get any easier than that at mm-hmm. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Some uh, breaking Salt Lake City news. <laughs> Fox 13 is reporting the Salt Lake Bees will leave Salt Lake for a new facility in Daybreak in South Jordan, according to the Larry H. Miller Group. A formal Ooh. announcement is coming shortly. Where will that be? Because uh, friends of the program, the program, uh, have talked about this for a long time. We've program. we've heard about this for months now. That yeah. Daybreak was going to be the new home for Salt Lake <coughs> Bees baseball. Where in Daybreak, though? I'm curious. It's got to be out on that on the far side there. You know the I don't know what would that out be? by the mine. Yeah, out by the mine. It has to be out that way because there's I don't know where else. I mean I. I don't know where else you would you would put it. I don't know where else there's space for it. You know, and by the way, the other question that's got to be asked is, okay, great, they're moving. What's going to happen to Smith's ballpark? Like, are you just leveling that? Oh, I think so because you want development downtown. There yeah. there that is prime land. Now, the question is, does Lucky 13 move with him? Because if if a moment can get a peanut butter burger out there in uh, daybreak, you already know what it is. Man. Now in a, uh, you know it, it. Anyway, my point is, um, I think it would be amazing yeah. to get to get them out there. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think it'll be interesting to see exactly where that ballpark is built. How many people go to bees games regularly when they're in season? How many people like? Where are you guys at on? You know, popularity, like obviously, you know, obviously the Jazz and the Utes are, you know, the most popular teams in town, I would say. But like amongst other options, you know, RSL, the Bees, the Grizzlies, you know, uh, the Stars, Salt Lake City Stars, right? The G League team, like where are you guys at on your options? Because I think this is a this is a really interesting time, like um, for people who live in Salt Lake, like the Bees are a fun time. It's yeah, a great time it's a to good go time. to a Bees game. Like I... I you see a lot of good talent through. Are they still the Angels affiliate? I believe yeah, they are. Yeah, right? they are. Yeah, yes, so like, they are. You get a lot of good talent. Um, you know, and it and it's a good time. Smith's Ballpark is nice, man. Like, so I'm curious what what that looks like, or, or where you guys come down on that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where that happens. Um, and I don't know if there is a supposed site in Daybreak. Um, I mean, obviously they know where they're going. I have not seen that. Uh, though I, I'm assuming somebody in the comments will know, but I I love baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan. Yeah. Uh, Louis Capazzo says too far to drive for me, or I would watch bees play. 
Right, well, you're saying right now it's you're too in far. the no. He's in the Jeezy, Lewis. Oh, he's in the Jeezy. So right, yeah, right, that right, that right, that, right, that right. makes it uh, difficult. Mr. Preston says they go to at least ten bees games every year. Maybe once they move to Daybreak, we need to do a Monty outing. A Monty bees game. A Monty bees game. Get stung. You know, I I think there's there's some of that. Tanner says honestly, Daybreak would be a better location for the bees. Heck, I'll probably catch a game or two since they'll be closer to where I live. Well, yeah, that is if you don't die on Mountain View corridor. <laughs> Have you guys seen? I wonder. See, this is what I mean, though. See, that's a great point. Not to cut you off, but Mountain View Corridor. I love Mountain View Corridor. That's a nice little road to drive. My point is, they're not saying Harriman. They're saying South Jordan. Daybreak. So, it has to be out where they're pushing out towards the mine. It's got to be out there. Yeah. I... And, and I wonder, I wonder... If there is a uh, some sort of expansion as far as freeway is concerned or some sort of bigger picture thing happening here. Well, I mean, Bangor has been massively expanded. As we talk about the breaking news that the uh, Salt Lake Bees are moving to daybreak, um, more of that will be uh, more of that. More details will come out on that. Um, but here on the Monty Shield presented by our good friends at the Advocates, theadvocates.com, I think we've talked about this a lot that you know that you don't build and put millions and millions of dollars into Daybreak the way that the, the South Jordan has and the Daybreak Plan Community Commission has. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you think about what's there, you have that Smith's grocery store complex, um, you know, where there's all kinds of different restaurants and yep. the drink place. Oh, my God. With the red circle. Oh, um, oh my God. Anyway. Um, you, you have all kinds of restaurants, you have all kinds of stores. You, I mean, the JCW's is out there. The, you know, the, I mean, there's just so much there. Mountain View Village is there now. Like Daybreak also has its own Harmons. I mean, there's just so many things. You don't, you don't do that. You don't develop the Mountain View, uh, corridor without, you know, without having a reason for doing that. And yeah. The bees coming to daybreak absolutely gives you a reason to do that. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that turns out. Swig. 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 God, exactly. dude, you. I couldn't remember that for my life. Alex Chacon says, man, that's a bummer. I love Smith's ballpark. It, it's going to be a palace in daybreak, dude. Like, I, I have a feeling that ballpark. You're going to have, like, out in center field, you're going to have a beautiful view of the mine. And it'll be real Tinto ballpark, right? The mine. Okay, I'll move on. Uh, Brandon Butler says, going to see Bees games is hard due to parking and location. I think a new facility is much needed. I agree. Matt Ritson says, Bees baseball stadium share the Utah uh, baseball. Utah don't have a stadium on campus, but softball does. Yeah. That's been much talked about. Uh, Jake, go look at UDOT plan. Mountain View Corridor will eventually be a full freeway. But, dude, people are dying on Mountain View Corridor. They've got to do something about that. Like, I, and I'm not kidding. I, I'm, I'm being totally serious. The most dangerous highway in the Salt Lake Valley right now is the Mountain View Corridor. Yeah. Like, I mean, every single day, there are catastrophic accidents there. Uh, Jaron Eccles says, I try to go to a few Bees games a year. It's just annoying how terrible traffic is. Getting out of that stadium is brutal. It's rough. It's brutal. Uh, Salty Drunk says, breaking news, a man has been arrested on the train for engaging in a series of super soakers, super soaking with two females. Okay, you're a little late on that, my guy. Yeah, like you're an hour late on that. You are an hour late on that. So breaking news this morning, maybe we're spraining news. Spraining or just, news, yeah. You know, grade two. Uh, the yeah, Salt Lake Bees uh, announced yeah. that they are building a uh, a daybreak ballpark. So that's really interesting. It'll be 
It'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Yeah. And where in where in daybreak is that going to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting. By the way, um, apparently the weather is traumatic. Um, there are, do you guys remember when we were kids, we all wanted like school snow days? Well, apparently we're getting those snow days today. Yeah, and it's snowing out. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yep. I can't really tell from my view, but maybe we need like a Maverick Center roof cam on the show. Yeah. Maybe. We probably do. Uh, but on snowy days like this, when you get in an accident, don't forget, there is only one option. Call your friends at The Advocates. We got stuck in traffic at a construction zone, and I got rear-ended at 80 miles an hour. So I needed help. They just stepped in and pretty much took care of everything. If you're in a motor vehicle accident or situation, call The Advocates. Yes, you do. Exactly right. They're going to fight for you. There are no consultation fees. There are no retainers. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case and chat with an attorney online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at theadvocates.com. There's a big box that says talk to an attorney. Click on it and you're good to go, baby. All right, let's get into it. The biggest stories in sports this morning. Uh, let's see. Jared Eccles says it was a huge, it was huge for the Grizzlies this weekend, winning two of three from Idaho. Yeah. Yes, good win was. for the Grizzlies. Yes, yesterday. it was. Um, thanks to everybody who used our promo code. By the way, if you ever want Grizzlies tickets, uh, JY Monty is your promo code to get a good discount on uh, Grizzlies tickets. But yeah, Grizzlies have had to, to fight their way through this season. It's been difficult. They've had a lot of roster turnover, um, up to the AHL and up to the NHL, but they're, they're battling. And I think Ryan Kanasiewicz and Jared Pike and everybody that, is building that team is doing a great job of just keeping, you know, keeping on mission and fighting forward. So good win, two of three this weekend, uh, two up in Idaho and one here yesterday afternoon at the Maverick Center for MLK Day. Uh, so good for that. Uh, Alex Chacon, it's only raining in downtown right now. I like it. I like it. Uh, Tanner says, doesn't the Utes baseball team play at Smith's Ballpark? Yeah, they do. That's what we just yeah. said. Yeah, well, and, that, and so that's the thing. Like, it's interesting... How, there's a bigger plan in place, clearly, but like you know what, how that works out. If the I can't remember who said that. I think it was SLCP shooter said that Mountain View is going to turn into a full-on freeway, or like what yeah. the deal is going to be. But the, I I think looking like if you just look at a Google map, you know, and you kind of look at South Jordan, you look at all this space towards the mine, and there's a lot of space out there. So it doesn't surprise me that they're they're moving there. Yeah, I think it is. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do. Uh, let's talk Utah Jazz basketball and really, I want to get back to this Walker Kessler thing because what a win for the Jazz yesterday. Finally, they win a close game, right? In Minneapolis, they get the 126-125 win and Walker Kessler was out of his cranium. 20 points, 21 boards. Um, you, you look at the, the stat numbers, you know, four assists, two blocks, nine offensive rebounds. Walker Kessler had himself a hell of a day, and I, I, I guess the question for me is, what do you think this kid's all, uh, you know, upside is? Is he an all-star? Is he, you know, is he ever first-team All-NBA? Probably not. But he can be one of the best centers in the NBA because he runs the floor. And I think my bigger question is, can you develop him to be a power forward 4-5 guy? I think you can, but he's got to get a jump shot. If he gets a jump shot and he adds that to his arsenal now, Jake, I don't see any reason he can't be one of the best four or five combo guys in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the only thing that that uh, outside of the jumper, the only thing I think he's got to add is weight. I think he's got to get stronger. I, and, and I think that, 
you know, the what'll be interesting to see play out over the course of the next two seasons for Walker is does he develop the willingness or the want to to be a little bit tougher of a player, meaning that that hey, when I need to put my shoulder into somebody, I'm willing to do that. Or when I need to bang with a guy, I'm willing to do that. That to me, if he if he does those three things, right? Hey, develop that jumper, you know, provide Mike Conley or whoever's going to be the future point guard of this team with a pick and pop partner to play with. Uh, if he does that, if he puts on muscle this offseason and next offseason, and then his willingness goes up to play physical, I, there's not, the, the sky's the limit. And really, I still maintain that if that happens and the Jazz need to make sure it happens, that would save them so much trouble in trying to get like an Aiton or another guy that another big that's available now because Walker Kessler's development timeline is in the window, right? Hey, it's in the window of two seasons from now for, for Walker Kessler to become the guy we need him to be. So we don't need to make that additional trade. So to me, I think the development of Walker Kessler is, is paramount right now. I think the guy should get 30 minutes every night. I think you should continue to push him and ask him to do more uh, and just see how far he can go this season and be okay with the result. He's not going to get it right every time. But I think what's important is to start putting those, putting him in those positions that you eventually want him to be in. And once that happens, he's gonna he's gonna develop. So I I think he can be he can be everything you need him to be. Yeah, it's interesting to see exactly how that plays out. But one of the things I think is really, really going to be fun at this trade deadline is who's got the cojones to make a trade with Danny Ainge? Because I think one of the things that was on full display yesterday was the absolute domination that Danny Ainge pulled off over the summer against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because the other guy in this game yesterday that I hope doesn't get lost in all of this Walker-Kessler buzz is Ochai Agbaje, I think, was a critical performer yesterday. And to get him in that Don deal and to see the way that he has gone from a G League starter to a jazz bench player, to now a vital rotation player for this jazz team, has been so fun to watch if you're a jazz fan. I think Ochai Agbaji is one of the best stories on this team this year, and I think it points to the job that Danny Ainge did. It is unequivocal now that Danny Ainge won the Cavs trade and won the Timberwolves trade, and the question that I ask, in all seriousness, if you are an NBA team right now and you see that 801 number pop up on caller ID, why are you picking the phone up if it's Danny Ainge? Because I, I truly don't know. Hello, we're not available now. Why would you want to talk to Danny Ainge about trades? Like, are you not convinced that you are going to be fleeced in the order that the Minnesota Timberwolves were? Mm -hmm. I, I cannot even, I cannot even imagine how difficult it is. And we had, I felt like, really solid reporting on just how difficult of a deal it was for the Knicks to try and make a trade with the Jazz. Yeah. To the point where Leon Rose was so frustrated that he refused to talk to Danny Ainge anymore. Well, and it kind of speaks to, when you look at the Leon Rose situation, and then you also look at the lakers Boyan situation and how those two things played out. Yeah. It kind of sends a pretty clear message that Danny Ainge isn't messing around. And I also think that the development and the choice to bring in David Fisdale to, to turn these guys up and tune these guys up to me is like, dude, like it puts Danny in a powerful position in the sense that Danny doesn't need to be desperate. Danny doesn't need to have these conversations from the point of, Hey, we're not good, but we're just good enough. And we need to get your best player or whatever. Like Danny doesn't need to do that. Danny can look at Terrence Mann from the Clippers and say, okay, 
I like Terrence Mann. I like me some Terrence Mann. He's got a nice little game about him. This is what we would want to do, David. Do you think we can go and get that done? And based on what Fisdale thinks, I think there's some there's that feedback I think is valuable because David Fisdale has shown the ability to develop these guys. That I'm telling you, that is a really important aspect to the trade deadline that nobody is talking about. Hey, if I know that I can turn a diamond in the rough into an actual diamond, that enables me to go and get team-friendly deals. And that then enables me to keep the cap in a reasonable position. Like right now, the Utah Jazz are hard capped. I would imagine Danny Ainge is going to work on that. That's a longer process now, though, right? You can't just move all these huge contracts off like you have in the past. Now you got to make trades, and that's a process. So to me, I just think the Jazz are in a great position as long as they continue to develop these guys. Like, I'm Team Ochai. I, I, I would be reticent to trade Ochai Agbaje right now. And the only reason I say that is not because he's going to be some all-star or some amazing player. The guy can flat-out shoot the basketball, though. And every championship team needs that guy. So to me, if I'm going to trade Ochai, which I'm open to, I'm going to need some some really quality compensation for that, I guess is my point. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think when, when you look at the Clippers coming to town tomorrow, I think this is a really important relationship. And when we talk about, you know, like who needs to make a deal and who wants to deal with Danny Ainge, you know, our sources have told us repeatedly that that the LA Clippers and the the Lakers have had long conversations. We've told you about this going back to the summer that, you know, the LA Clippers and the, the Lakers had conversations about Mike Conley. And now here we are talking about it again. And, and I will just say it's the teams that Danny talked to in the summer that I think they're going to do the most business with. And I'm curious, does... Does LA value a guy like a Mike Conley enough to, to put a deal together? I think Danny Ainge is incredibly difficult to deal with. And the, the other question is, you know, what else do you need to get from this Utah Jazz team if you're the Clippers? Because I also look at some of the other teams we're talking about, and, and you look at Atlanta with John Collins, I can tell you almost for certain, I believe that John Collins by the deadline will be a Utah Jazz man. It's simply a matter of can they get a deal put together because the third team's going to have to be in that deal. Is that yeah. the L.A. Clippers? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know who ultimately that third team should, would, should could, would be. I'm telling you it needs to be the Phoenix Suns because they are the perfect dance partner for the, for the Utah Jazz. But we've heard that the Suns are, are a little frustrated at the asking price for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. The world told that the asking price for John Collins has come down significantly since the Jazz had talks at the deadline uh, last year and then over the summer uh, for John Collins. Where he is now, he's just not playing great basketball, which I actually think is really good news for the Utah Jazz because I think John Collins would be a great filler at that power forward spot where the Jazz simply just don't have somebody at this moment. But I think one of the bigger questions is, how hesitant will teams be to do deals with Danny Ainge after what he did to the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Cleveland Cavaliers? Now, obviously, you don't have a Donovan Mitchell on this roster to make that kind of trade that Cleveland did. And what you want to do is stay the hell away from making the trade the Timberwolves made with Danny Ainge. How much value is there in Mike Conley for the Clippers? How much value is there in Malik Beasley for the Suns and the Hawks? Is there enough value to give up multiple first-round picks in a three-team deal? Boy, I think there might be because you know that the Phoenix Suns 
almost certainly will make a deal. Mm -hmm. Are they willing to give up any of their future draft assets? Because to this point, they haven't. They control all of their future first-round picks. Are they willing to do that? Does Danny Ainge ultimately wind up with four to five first-round picks? We're going to find out because I think by the deadline, this Jazz roster is going to be markedly different. And I am I am in the camp that says that I think Beasley, Clarkson, and Conley will be gone. And I think there's a better than than puncher's chance that Kelly Olynyk's gone as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, all this trade talk really kind of exemplifies that Danny's great at painting the picture. You know, when we talk about, hey, is there value from Mike Conley, you know, to that level in like a three-teamer or like these different sort of examples that we always talk about on the show. Like to me, what really stands out is Danny Ainge is a hell of a salesman. Like yes. I think the guy knows how to paint a picture around not only what Mike does for the Jazz and in Danny's team, but but hey, what does Mike Conley look like on your team after the trade is executed? Because that's really what they're talking about, right? If like if you're a GM or you're a president of basketball ops, yeah. you're like, okay, I'm looking at this deal. And it's not just what I'm giving up, but it's like, what does my team look like with what I've acquired? And so if you're Danny, you're sitting here saying, okay, well, I'm going to give you Mike Conley, and all I want back is Terrence Mann and a pick, right? And so your team dynamic doesn't really change all that much, and you just got a guy, Mike Conley, who can lead you through the playoffs as far as, like, you know, filling that point guard role or even that backup point guard role. So, like, Danny, I just think, understands how to paint that picture, and that's why I think he's able to reel in a fish like Minnesota or fish like Cleveland. He's able to get these guys to buy into the value. Yeah. Whether it actually exists or not. And that's the beautiful thing about Danny. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Danny is a savvy operator and I think it's going to be really interesting to see exactly what he ends up doing here. Uh, Brandon Butler says, if Danny calls, I start sweating and head to the shower and cry while holding my knees. Probably. So you better check yourself. Probably, my man. Uh, Brent Burnett says, uh, Wolves are pissed. Blaming Gobert is not fair. Gobert is a stud. No, he's not. Rudy Gobert's a role player. That's the bottom line. We've told you that for two years. Rudy Gobert is not a foundational player on a championship team. Yeah. And he's certainly not a guy you want to be paying 40 to $50 million a year for. You understand Minnesota is going to pay Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert combined $100 million a season. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Uh, I just... Uh, Brent also says, Ainge sent a message to the NBA and now nobody dares do a trade. Owners can't trade without fear of being ripped off. Well, make a better trade. Make a better trade because I'm telling you now, the Jazz are going to make deals. And I think Danny's going to get a, Danny's going to wind up with four first-round picks in this year's draft. You watch. Uh, Alex Chacon, who's a member of the show, says, wait, so do we know if development is Fisdale's actual job? I just haven't heard much about that. That is his actual and only job. He is the director of development for the Utah Jazz, and I think he, he is the exact example of why this organization is doing things differently. You have to take your young talent and make them make them stars because you can't afford to continue to buy talent. You just because you can't yeah. get back into the situation that you were in with Rudy and that you were in, frankly, with Mike Conley. And you're still in with Mike Conley. Like yeah. I, I just you you can't keep doing that. So yeah, it's absolutely his job. Um, and a lot of people are asking about um, or I say a lot. Two people asked about memberships. Yes. You too can become a membership on the uh, member on the show. Uh, it is nine ninety nine a month, and I am fetching the link. 
Fetching I will put it, the link. I will put it in the uh, I will put it in the chat here. But yeah, our memberships are only nine ninety nine a month, and what that essentially gets you is a members only exclusive video every single day. So, for instance, when the Jazz Suns and Atlanta Hawks were talking about a deal, and we were like, "Hey, here's that deal structure," and then two weeks later, Shams announced that that was a deal that was being discussed. You got that two weeks before the rest of the country did in our, our in our members-only chat. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff you get. You get a daily video on that stuff. Then on Instagram, you get membership into our Monty uh, membership exclusive group. Only members of the program get in there. Not all of our listeners. You have to be a member on the show uh, to get into our Instagram group. And I think the Instagram group has been the best part uh, of the group. There is no doubt about yeah. that that being a member of the show gets you into that group, and it has been so much fun to talk jazz, BYU, Utah, the Rose Bowl, NFL playoffs, cold plunging and cold showers, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, so do it. $9.99 a month. You can cancel any time, but I think once you get in, you're going to see it's well worth your bucks, and we appreciate you supporting the show yeah. as well. Please give us a big thumbs up right now. Hit that like button. It helps the channel grow. And again, we picked up a bunch of subs during the show today. We're at 94.16. Very nice. So we've picked up 16 new subscribers during the show today. We really appreciate you guys doing that. Jaron Eccles says, I think some NBA teams might see the Cavs deal as a fair win-win for both sides and be willing to try and find something similar with Danny in the next 20 days. I think it is a win-win on both sides. I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are a better team for having Donovan Mitchell. And I think the Utah Jazz, without a doubt, are a better team for having, you know, obviously, Ochai Abaji I just talked about, but yeah. you look at Colin Sexton's contri contribution yesterday. If the kid can stay healthy, you look like he is getting stronger and stronger and having more and more belief on that knee every single day. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, Laurie Markkinen's playing at an all-star caliber level right now. So you really like what they what they got in that deal. Kane Nuren, good morning to you. Danny still needs to trade all the old guys. Well, he's working on it. He's working on it. I'm really curious, since we we uh, broke the news that Jordan Clarkson said, hey, yeah, if you can move me to a contender because we're not going to do an extension right now, I would appreciate that. Um, a lot of people have been reaching out to me about, hey, well, I heard this and I heard that. And Jordan's this. and jo I've heard just about every NBA team is interested in Jordan Clarkson. Hey, you started talking shit. I'm curious. A, has your temperature changed on this at all? Do you think the Suns, or do you think the Jazz trade Jordan Clarkson? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think that it doesn't make sense to let him go for nothing. I, I like, I, and again, I maintain that Jordan went out of his way to do you a favor and explain that he wasn't going to sign his player option or you know opt in or whatever, uh, and that he's essentially going to hit free agency. So if you know that that's coming, why would you, why would you not move him? Like. I don't know. Uh, again, it's all about the motive and the why here is usual. So like the motive isn't, oh, well, we don't like Jordan anymore. There's some contentious relationship. That's not it at all. The, it, the relationship is fine. Yeah. The relationship is good. I, I think it's much more just like, hey, he's let us know that he's he he would like to be paid 22 to 24 million. And and we're not in a place where we're where we're going to do that. And so knowing he's going to hit free agency, let's move him. And by the way, JC's got value. Get that value yeah. out of him, bro. I agree. Hall of Fame says, LOL, you want KO, Kelly Olenek, traded to the Clips because that team needs a backup. How about our team? I love our Ke I love our Kessler, but man, that dude can't play 48 minutes every game. Who's our backup? Well, I mean, I think 
that's not very difficult to discern. I mean, you have, you know, whether you wind up playing Doak 15 minutes a night, whether you wind up, I mean, it's not hard to find backup big men, depth big men. Yeah. You're not worried about, hey, we need quality backup minutes. What you need is Walker Kessler to play 30 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. That's what you need. Mm -hmm. You need Walker Kessler to play 30, 35 minutes a night. And by the way, not very often are you playing a traditional center in this league. I mean, the, the nice part about Walker Kessler is he can guard he can guard certain power forwards and he can he can bang, albeit not well with Joel Embiid the other night, but those are teachable moments. Those are learning moments. And if you look at like the Clippers, Walker Kessler has no problem competing with Avica Zubats. Yeah. None whatsoever. And if you look at uh, where the Jazz are going and what their schedule looks like, I have no problem saying if Kelly Olynyk's not on this roster, it's not that detrimental. Um, you know, they're playing the Clippers. Then Friday, the Brooklyn Nets come in. Claxton. Is Claxton a guy that Walker Kessler can play with? Absolutely. Absolutely he can. Charlotte doesn't have a world-beating big on that roster. No, that's a, uh, what is that, Plumley? Yes. I, think. I mean, and then it's Portland, and then it's Dallas and Toronto and Atlanta and Dallas. And, like, you have guys that you can that you can play. I also think that, you know, you have Micah down in the G League who comes up and down. Like, you have guys who can play filler minutes in at the, at yeah. the five. Yeah. You need Walker Kessler to play 30, 35 minutes. And if I can get any kind of value for Kelly Olenek, I'm doing that. Yeah. And I didn't say I want them to trade Kelly Olynyk to the to the Clippers. What I said was I think the Clippers are one of the the most intriguing dance partners for the Jazz because you know that they're out for in the point guard market. Mm -hmm. You know that. You know that they are out in the wing market. If I can get Terrence Mann in an expiring contract, I don't know that I would. John Wall at this point in his career probably doesn't make a lot of sense even on an expiring team option deal. I think it makes sense for half a season. I, I, like if you're getting a pick out of it, it makes sense to me. But I, I agree, he's hurt a lot. So you know. I, I, for me, I think the Clippers have things that could make that deal work. Yeah. Because remember, the Jazz are hard capped. You've got to be very close on the money. They cannot add payroll. But if you can get a John Wall at a whatever he is nine million or six 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 point nine million yeah. on an expiring deal, I'm doing it's that. Fine, dude. It's getting my financial house in order. If I can move Kelly Olynyk. Because let's be honest, Kelly Olynyk's detrimental to this roster, to the Jazz roster. I want Walker Kessler starting. I want him playing large minutes. Let him get his ass kicked every night. Yeah. Because he's not going to get his ass kicked every night. Let him develop. Let him grow. Let him, let him learn. Then send him into the offseason with a lot more experience. That makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Travis says Walker Kessler should get 33 minutes a night. Sure. 30 plus, I'm good. Kessler ain't no Darko Milicic, but he'll do. I love that. Nice job, Brett. Love that. Well played, Brett. Nice uh, job. Ron dude. Nolan says, Urban legend, Danny Ainge will bite your leg off. I've heard that. I've mm -hmm. heard that. I've, I've heard that. Um, Brent says, please do not do John Collins without getting a FRP in return. First round pick. Oh, well, yeah, obviously you wouldn't do that. Why would you do that? Um, John is way overpaid and is stinking up the court, but that's why you would do that now because that three team deal. And if memory serves, it would be Beasley and Vanderbilt with Bogdan Bogdanovich going to Phoenix. The jazz had end up with John Collins, 
a first-round pick, and then Sarge. Dario Sarge from Phoenix. Atlanta ends up with THT, Jay Crowder, and a filler contract. Now, that trade would have happened if a second first-round pick would have come to the, the Jazz. The Suns didn't want to do that. Is there a deal to be made there? I think there is. And if if you if you put different teams to that, like Cleveland, I know for a fact that Cleveland would love Jordan Clarkson or Malik Beasley. I've been told that repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Put Cleveland in that three-way. Because the thing that you like about John Collins is there's development there. There is a very high ceiling based on what we've seen previously. Yeah. He is, you would like him to shoot the three more consistently. Frankly, he's a brutal defender. You, he needs foot, John Collins lacks quality footwork, footwork. Yeah, he needs somebody to get into him and get his footwork right. And if you do that, he can be a great rim runner. Yeah, the guy can be a rim runner, and he can absolutely pick and pop from three. You've got to get the highest best use for him. And what I think he's on an average. This is of, my point about Fizdale, dude. If if you're confident that you can develop guys, you're going to make these deals, and they're going to work out, right? If you're not confident in your development of players. Then you're probably going to say, well, he needs footwork. So we're not going to do that yeah, deal. He's making, starting next year, he is making 25, 26, and 26. And he's got a player option for 25 and 26. For yeah, so he's getting 20, paid. 20, 25, and 26. He's getting paid, but is that really that much money for a 4-5 guy? If you develop know. him, if he turns into... Let's pull up his stats real quick. What? Are, what I mean, what are we... You know what? What is he? You know, is this is this somebody that we can say is a twenty and ten guy? No, I think he is a guy that, if I had to guess, would be a fifteen and fifteen guy. He would be he because I think his highest best rebound year was ten in twenty nineteen, and he's been a, about an eight rebound per game guy. Yeah, but he's on a team that just runs and guns. You're not going to have a big on the Atlanta Hawks. Especially now that DeJounte Murray's on that team. Yeah. With Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, you're not going to have a 15 and 15 guy. Yeah. You're not. But on this team, and again, remember the projection of the of the Utah Jazz. Okay, this year they're a fringe playoff team. Next year, after a, a trade deadline and another summer remake, I would assume that the Jazz would be a solid four to seventh place in the West next year. Yeah. Right? So you're pushing... You're pushing up. Okay, well, now at that point, when you look at, at John's contract, now that is 23-24. So, okay, I've got two more years. So in 24-25, when John Collins now has had a full year of development in the jazz system, now I should be competing for a top three, top five spot in the West solidly. Mm-hmm. If he's not making that bread or if he's not earning that bread, you can trade him. Mm-hmm. Because in two years... $26.5 million for a big is not going to be that much money. A big that should be able to shoot the three better is not going to be that much money. But is John Collins any any more effective than Jared Vanderbilt? <laughs> yeah, he's a hell of yeah, a, lot, a, more hell effective. lot more effective. That's a that's a big upgrade. And if John Collins can be a guy that you can play in multiple positions, you'd really like that. Yeah. And I, I think when when you look at his agents, he's got really good agents. He's at XL Sports. You look at the fact he's 25 years old. We've not seen the best from him. He does not get the rock on a reg- regular basis. And his best upside, I think his biggest area of growth is his defense, John Collins. Yeah. 
So I I love I would love John Collins to be your your four or five guy with Walker Kessler here. Yeah. And even if John Collins is just backing you up, if if he just becomes such a liability and a disaster that he's your backup center, I'm still fine with that. Yeah. Like it's not the end of the world when your financial house is in order. And by the way, he's a guy that you can he's a guy that you can trade. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Yeah, he'd be a good fit. He'd be a great fit. Yeah. I think John Collins unequivocally. I think unequivocally John Collins would be a guy that I, I'd love to have on this roster. Big Dog O-Town says $25 million versus $41 million for Rudy was getting. At least Collins, you're getting better offense. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing you got to remember is if you can get John Collins to give you defense, if you can get John Collins at 6'9 to play the four to play that, if you're five guys on the floor, you know, are, and let's say he's on this club today. Right. You know, if you are Conley, you know, Beasley, let's say you're running marking in at the three, John Collins at the four and Walker Kessler at the five. Let's say you're running Conley Clarkson, marking mm-hmm. in, Collins, Kessler. How bad are you truly? I don't think you're that bad off. No. You're going to be a far better rebounding team, and they are a terrible rebounding team. He'd be a, he'd be a double-double guy on this team. I, I just don't see how John Collins isn't instantly a fit here. I, 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 yeah. no, I, I would love the, the yeah. argument that John Collins isn't a fit here. Yeah. You know, it, it is – I think it's one of those things where also – I think you also have to remember – this is a guy who isn't playing well and I think could be energized by new scenery. Definitely. Yeah. Because there well, is dysfunction. Yeah. But we've talked about this. Yeah. There is significant dysfunction in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, there, there's think, no doubt about I, that. I think the best point you've made in all of this is that they're a run and gun team. So part of John Collins' plight in life right now is that he's not John like John Collins, part of it is, hey, he's not a great player. Right, yeah. Right now, is he a little overpaid? Sure. Yeah, sure, he's a little overpaid. Yeah. But the other side of that is he's not getting equal opportunity to prove his worth. Correct. So to me, it's like, okay, you know, if you've got Kessler and Collins at the on the floor at the same time, let's say, that gives you kind of this dynamic thing where you've got your rebounding, but you've also got your really athletic, move quick, you know, three, four hybrid guy that could cause problems. And again, tell me about not trading Kelly Olynyk if John Collins is here. Yeah, like you just don't have a need for, for Kelly. Kelly Olynyk. And, and again, I know most fan bases do this, but why are you so attached to Kelly Olynyk? Yeah. The heat and the pissed off, <laughs> the, the anger from jazz fans about me saying yesterday that, or I guess that was Friday or whatever it was, that they would be open to trading Kelly Olynyk. Mm-hmm. Why are you upset about that? Is Kelly Olynyk really the guy that you're gonna you're dying on the Olynyk Hill? Um, really? Um, I'm not dying on the Kelly Olynyk Hill. By the way, I don't know. Just a quick little sidetracker here. I, I'm uh, I don't know why it's not showing in the t- chat, but we have a new member. Uh, Tim L is a new member to the program, mm-hmm. so I just wanted to make sure. That we were celebrating all of our new members. So welcome really? to the welcome to the show. When did that happen, Jake? Um, yeah, I'm assuming he, it happened today. He just joined. Wow, Tim L. Welcome to the program. Appreciate you being a uh, a member of the program. If you'd like to join us for nine ninety nine a month, 
and get access into our exclusive uh, videos right here on, on Instagram. You also get access to our exclusive member chat, the Monty only membership. Hello, Mom, Monty member only chat on Instagram. Yeah. Access to our merch drops first, our contests first, all that stuff. You get five to one access uh, entries into our contests. I, I don't speak for a living, thankfully, <laughs> but uh, you get five to one entries into our contests if you're a member of the show. Yeah. You get a discount and first access to our merch if you are a member of the program. Uh, and all you have to do is click that link I just dropped in the uh, chat there. $9.99 a month. Cancel any time. But I think once you get into that Instagram group, you're going to see fully Boom. worth it. Uh, let's see. Yusuf says, Utah extended Olenek's career. That's the other thing, Yusuf. I actually think that's a really interesting point. Kelly Olenek is no LeBron James. But, but he'll he won't do. do. He won't do. Uh <laughs> But Kelly Olynyk is a guy that are we really talking about this guy? Is he going to play next year? I have no idea because Kelly Olynyk ain't playing that great this year. How old is he? 30. He'll be 32. Um, I mean, the guy in, in my mind, he's giving you, he's giving you a pretty good percentage from three. He shoots 41% from three on three and a half attempts a game. You know, like he, he has some numbers that can help. I'll go back to the Clippers. Kelly Olynyk's numbers at five rebounds a game can help the Clippers. The problem is, is Kelly Olynyk really going to play 30 minutes a night for the LA Clippers? Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm the captain now. Listen to me. <laughs> this guy on a playoff team can come off the bench and once or twice in a playoff series and pop off for 20. That's his use right now. And that is a damn fine use. There are plenty of guys in the league like that, but do not... Do not sit here and get emotional about KO as everyone likes to refer to him as. It's just not. That's just here for now, man. Bro, Riley O'Brien, the greatest RV salesman in the world. By the way, if you need anything RV, make sure you DM Riley O'Brien. Only way you move Olenek. This is one of the greatest names that's ever been uttered on this show. <laughs> the only way you move Olenek is for Olden Polonies. He said, uh, bro, he said Olden Polonies. <coughs> okay. He said Olden. I'm sorry. Did you say Olden Polonies? This is, this is a new. One of the worst noses in the history of the NBA, Olden Polonies, John Amici, or Greg Ostertag, who I personally beat in a three-point shooting contest in Sacramento. Thank you. Olden Polonies. Olden Polonies is one of the ugliest noses bro. ever. Ever. Ooh, the Chargers have fired offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. Hmm. Wow. How about that? Yeah. The Chargers fire or the Chargers fired Olden Pollen. Don't play intramurals, brother. Don't play intramurals, brother. How about that? Times of uh, times are coming. He said Olden Polonies. Riley, I would bro hug you or dap you that, up. That is worthy here. of like a uh uh you know. Unbelievable. Uh, LFG says extra points for the Greg Ostertag reference. Can we, what do, what do you think about this? Right off the top of my head, we didn't talk about this. What if we did something where almost, almost Romy style, where your take got you an entry into the birthday bash? Because that, that's truly one the of the take best of the takes. Day. That's truly one of the best takes I've ever heard. Olden Polonies, that, like, that, that is... is a, that is a goat comment right there, dude. That is a goat comment like, right there. I, I, I don't know, like... 
I don't know if you rolled up to the RV dealership uh, and, you know, just sat down at your desk and were like, hmm, who's an obscure name that I can roll out on the show with? But Olden Polonese is by far one of the best ones I've ever I heard. I think you were probably changing the latrine. One of the worst experiences. I almost threw up all over my shoes. It's ridiculous. Um, when Mrs. Monty made me empty the toilet on the RV, that's probably where you came up with Olden Polonese. So what was it like? And to, gre- well, no, to, more Greg Ostertag. What was it like to take a dump in the RV and then have to clean that up like four days okay, later? First of all, nobody takes a dump in an RV. Well, you did. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, you said you had to clean out the latrine, so. Yeah, well, it's. It, I don't know if you know this, but people also take a leak in their toilet. Hey, guys. So the worst thing me- in the world is it was a solid, like, rubber plastic hose. Uh huh. You right, hook hose. it up to the RV. <laughs> you go to a dumping station. Uh-huh. We took an RV up to, um, uh, uh, oh my God, Yellowstone. Good Lord. So we take a, an RV up yeah, and we hook, so we, you're sleeping in it. I ain't going outside getting, you know, <laughs> eaten by a bear. <laughs> Hey, man, bears like sausage. Oh, my God, dude. Bears like sausage. Oh. But I'm not going outside when I got to take a leak. So <laughs> Whatever. You, you take a leak in the latrine. The latrine. <laughs> and then you go to a dumping station before you return your rental RV. Uh-huh. You have to hook up the hose. And the problem is the hose <laughs> is solid. You can't see anything. Solid hose, right. But the elbow joint to put it into the ground is clear. Oh. So then all of a sudden you're like, okay, turn the valve, honey. <laughs> Go ahead, turn the valve. Okay. She turns the valve and you just see cloudy yellow water flowing <laughs> through a hose and I almost threw up on my shoes. That was one of the worst dude, things I've ever dude, seen. Dude, stop. Talk about I'm the captain now. There's your guy right there. Yeah, that's my guy right there. See? There he is. That's my guy. Good Lord. Yes, it's a true story that I beat Greg Ostertag in a three-point shoot. And in fact, Greg Ostertag and Brad Miller Uncle Mont can shoot a little bit. Okay, what is this comment right here? What says, "What did I just join?" Is this is this also a new member? No, Gumby Too Sexy says, "What did I just join?" He just joined a chat about cloudy oh. pee. <laughs> you know. Uh, let's see. Yusuf says, "LOL, this turned quick." Yes, it did. <laughs> LFG says, "Bill Billy Pulse." Yes, the real life character from the that ABA movie. Okay. Um, Alex Chacon says, Tim, I lie about pooping in RVs, Montemayor. You don't, pu- listen, listen, there are certain rules in the RV community. And Riley O'Brien, back me up on yeah, this, dude. Yeah. There are certain rules in the RVing community. You do not burn a deuce, take the Browns to the Super Bowl, drop the kids off at the pool. You don't do none of that in the RV. Right, right. Because A, the stink doesn't ever come out. Right. B, then you got, yeah. They, I mean, because if you had like, Frankenbeans on the open fire, and then you go and you open the fire and the latrine. You don't do that, man. You just do not do that. How about that? Man. Good Lord. Uh, The whooper was a legend. Who's whooper? Uh, Brett Burnett says, hit the like button, guys. The whole, like the Hulk, as it helps increase the numbers. More people chatting. Let's go. Do it. Let's go. Where are we at? Uh, I got to go back here. I am the captain now. Let's see. Where are we at on likes? We have had well over 1,200 views, and we're at 94 likes. Let's go. Come on. on. Let's go. Can we get – there's 162 people. Can we get 30 likes right now? 
Hit it. Let's do it. Um, LFG says, all due respect drop. It's a, one of the greatest drops ever. One of the but greatest drops. All due drops. respect. Exactly. Alex Chacon says, if it's a rental, anything goes. Hell no. All due respect. Nope. Nope. Not what doing is, it. Okay, what's the worst situation that you've, you know, you know, crop dusted in? Is it the car? Is it, is it, you know, is it, is there any hesitation in, in dropping a deuce on the airplane that's 14 hours long? I've, <laughs> I'm not the guy who poops in public if I can avoid it. I am not airplane pooper guy. I'm 6'4", dude. If you're 6'4", you can't physically poop in an airplane. That's an issue. This is what we talk about up at the at Park City Mountain Resort. Right. Have you ever tried to poop with snow boots and snow pants on? <laughs> Do you know how difficult that is? Yeah, but again, if you're on a five, five, six hour flight to Maui, are you pooping on an airplane? No. It's really despicable. No, you don't do that. It's against the code, bro. You don't do that. It's against the code. Uh, let's see. Jeremy Bolton says, I'm here for the poop chat. But hey, if we're going to get, uh, if we're going to mention Olden Polonies, then you better mention Eric Dampier or Will Purdue as the best hey. big men in NBA history. Okay, well, I don't know about all that, but. I mean, let's not forget what's his Bennett? Anthony Bennett. Don't forget Anthony Bennett. Uh, Tommy Koistinen. He's our new backup goaltender here at the Utah Grizzlies. Tommy yeah. Koistinen. Yeah, Koistinen. That sounds, like, that sounds like a hockey name. You should have a max age limit of 12 years old for this podcast. Well, you know, well, we've often considered that, but uh, unfortunately, uh, age doesn't matter on this show. Guy, it's We've been doing this show for two hours and 50 minutes. I can't, dro I can't talk about dropping a deuce in an RV without people getting upset. <laughs> That's right, T. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Come on. Brett Robbins says, yeah, dude, I never poop in public. The only place See, I... See, I'm that guy. I, I refuse I unless I absolutely have to, dude. Like, I, I will wait never, till I get home to my throne. Never is a strong word. There are certain places I won't poop in public. But, man, I'm telling you, when you're an inch off the, the, the chair mat and you... I mean, you got a turtle head poop. Dude, prairie dogging. Come on. <laughs> what? Oh, Lopes Van Gay broke the cold. Oh. I 100% blew it up on the Maui flight. You did? <laughs> Dude, I, again. You know what I love? Again. I love that when you're at Salt Lake, Salt Lake Airport, you're, you, everyone likes to have Cafe Rio before they get on the plane. Why? Black beans, maybe a little pork, a little tortilla. Look, nobody loves him some, some Cafe Rio tacos more than me. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to be in a confined tube with a hundred other people, I probably am not going to do that to the internals. <laughs> Dude, yeah, Yusuf says it's. I'm six two. It's impossible. You yeah. can't. Yeah. Oh God, Jake Gordon says pooping while snowboarding is the most difficult thing. Oh, known it's to terrible. Man. It's terrible, bro. I'm telling you, there's a bathroom, a really nice. You know, like when you walk into a bathroom, you automatically make the decision if you're going to deuce or not. Yeah, 100%. like I mean, uh, you you do. Like you're not going into Seven Eleven. No, that's this not is possible. Code board. But you, we, there's a certain bathroom up at Park City Mountain Resort that's like, yeah, absolutely. I will put my soft, supple cheeks on that. You're shit. welcome. No problem. I did that once. I'll never do it again because, bro, like, I mean, it, I need like a, you know, those things they use like a lift to get the engine yeah. out of the car, a cherry picker. Yeah. I need that just to stand back up because my knees are slammed together. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this. Chat of the morning. I know who you are and I know who I am, but I have to ask. Are you guys in the soft, supple wipes, or are you in the toilet paper? Oh, God. What, what are we doing? Because no, I don't think this is even a discussion. No man uses toilet paper. Well, 
moist flushable wipes. She we, took offense. How did we get here? Louis <laughs> Capazzo says pooping on an airplane is one thing. Wiping is the real challenge. Well, <laughs> okay, well. but see again, that caters right into my question. Moist flushable like, wipes. Those or walls, like I, you can't get your arm behind your. I, like, how do you get your arm behind your back in an airplane bathroom? And I'm not pulling forward. Oh, my God. No. That's savage. Okay. Pulling forward? No. No. You gotta, Hell no. no. Uh, there ain't no pot like home. But when you got to go, you got to go. That's what I'm saying. It happens. So my question is, how do you measure it? How do you say, okay, I'm willing to do this? Like, have you ever been in a situation where the 7-Eleven toilet was the only choice and you were well, like, damn, dude. Everybody has. Well, they're, the worst bathroom situation I've ever been in was up at Guardsman Pass. And I had to, you uh, know, <laughs> what can Brown do for you? Well, I found out. I found out. <laughs> Wait, I thought you just took in the phrase, what can Brown do for you? Dude, there's nothing like there's nothing like taking the kids to the pool in a outhouse full of freaking flies. Pit toilets are the worst. The, and the worst part is, like, there's several things you have to measure when you walk into a bathroom. Right, right. The toilet course. and the toilet seat and what's in the toilet. Right. What's on the floor is critically important. Can you measure it? Because uh, there's some dudes who I think intentionally miss the pot. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, Jansen. Apparently, we all have flight have to poop. Oh stories. yes, yes. Uh, I was on a flight to Hawaii and had to dump bad, but I didn't want to. I had two hours left, and I knew I had to go, or it was in my pants. I hated every okay, second well, so of that it, airplane is, dump. Is, oh man! So let me ask you this: Is the airplane dump thing terrible because of because it's a confined space? You don't have room to operate. Is that what it is? Yeah, or because is it's it... not the stink or what it does to other people. Because it, it gets vacuum flushed and it drops on some dude's roof. <laughs> like who cares? My point is, it's you can't come, like, dude. There, you cannot destroy a PDH because the bathroom's too small. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I would rather wait two hours, go to the airport, and just get nice and comfortable on that pot and just just go do ham, the thing. bro. Just go in. And then you're like, when you're done, you stand up and you feel like you were just coronated. Yes. And and like you you walk yes. out into that you walk out into that air that airport corridor and you're like, dude, I'm the captain now. I want to thank me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank like, me for doing. I want to thank work. me for waiting until the plane landed so that I could have a proper PDH. How did we get here? Who cares? It's awesome. <laughs> Brett Robbins says airplane droppings right into someone's hot tub. Oh, okay. Dude, come on. Jansen says, yes, it's cramped space and, and I'm tall. I can't stand up straight in an airplane bathroom. Me yeah. either, dude. Yeah. Me yeah. either, dude. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Uh, moist people aren't offended by the occasional typo. Okay. Tanner says, ah, bathrooms with flies. That brings up memories of scout camp. What other memories do so you have? So wait, I'm still camp? I'm still waiting. <clears throat> are we team TP or are we team moist flushable wipe? Uh, moist flushable wipe. Yeah, I'm moist flushable wipe guy. Uh, Luis uh, Luis Capazzo. I keep calling you Luis. Luis Capazzo. Wipes and soft paper is for wimps. Gotta get your money's worth out of that trib subscription. Oh damn. Wow. Wow. 
But then you're leaving newsprint on your butthole. Wow. You can't, you can't, you can't have Gordon Monson's face on your butthole. You're casual. Can't do that. Wow, that just happened. Uh, Kaibu is the worst, Monty. What is Kaibu? What, I, what, am I, what did I miss? Can't do that. Ryan P says, uh, flushable wipes all day. That's what oh, I'm saying, here dude. we go. Why bring this up, Greg Hawkins? Thank God Mrs. Monty's not damn here. It. Bidet, a bidet, dude. Greg. Dude. See, Greg is a bidet guy, though. This is somebody who's an actor and is a big deal. I'm famous. I'm a big deal. I I've have got, lots I've got of that money. money you I know. got that actor cash, bro. Time to okay. go. Get, time to spray the warm water on my supple brown eye. Come on. We know who you are. Uh, let's see. Amazing how many bears and moose up in the Tetons. Dude. Dude. I will admit that <sighs> they're in a certain campground in the Tetons, I may have thrown some lemonade on the bushes. <laughs> and I was... Um, dude, do you guys know how dark it gets in the Tetons? Yeah, you can't you can't see anything. Bro. You hear stuff and it's like, oh, I'm going to... Mm. Well, that was like the other morning here at the Mav. Dude. Right? That yeah. was creepy. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Can I Johnson says poop balls go forward on talk about uh, nutter butter. Oh, wow. There's a lot in that. You can't pull forward. You like you guys are all pullback guys, right? Yeah, we're not pulling forward, bro. Severe says that's what that was. That one incident in Africa had too much Ethiopian food. Oh, geez. oh damn. Oh, my God. You uh, rocking that water butt life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeremy Bolton says, don't hate on the bidet unless you've tried them. Screw TP and wipes. Bidets are, are the real deal. Bidets are the range you know. of the poo community. Yes, they are. Uh, but how do you know you got it all clean on a bidet without some kind of wipe That's action to saying, verify? dude. Yeah, because you, you, you can trust the bidet, but you got to verify. Yeah, so you're already going to wipe anyway. Trust, but verify. Yeah, <laughs> trust, but verify. Trust, Come on. but verify. I think that's HIPAA. The bidet does. The problem with the bidet is it leaves like like po moisture polka dots all yeah, over the bowl. Yeah, dude, I don't need that. Like you spraying this stuff and it's you know. Hell come no. on, man. Come on, man. Alex Chacon says, uh, man, flushable wipes clean truly is different. Yes, yes it is. Dude, yes. Yes, it is. Jansen <laughs> says, the real question is, do you stand or sit when you wipe? Oh, stand. Oh. You got to stand up. You got to stand up. You, you sit? Yeah. You're a stand-up guy? Are you for real? What do you mean? Because you stand all the way up? Yeah, Bro. what do you do? Lean to get in there? Like, no. Wow. This is mind this is mind blowing. Stand and squat. Pull this back. Is, this is mind blowing to me. Stand and I'm squat. I'm with you pull on the back. pullback thing. I'm with you. you but standing all the way up, I, I have never heard of that. That is that's wow. Scammer trolling would like us to know that Sarah Todd is a journalist. Okay, great. Okay, cool. I'm not sure what that has to do with wiping my ass. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> wrong, um, wrong show. Um, stand and squat 100%. Let's go. Team wow. stand and squat. I didn't know people did this. How do you lean on it? You just lean. That's it. You just lean. No, bro. That's it. No. <laughs> Ryan says stand, and, stand up wipers. That's what I'm saying, bro. What? Are, like, what? <laughs> Like, how do how? stand up wipers are psychopaths? What are you talking about? Stand up wipers are psychopaths. Am I a psychopath? Though? Are you kidding me? 
Oh my so, God! Wait, hold on! Whoa, whoa, whoa! We can't what? skip over this. This is a new development. So wait, since there are so many stand-up wipers, that's why the airplane bathroom is a problem. Because you want to stand up to wipe. You're not a leaner. No, I'm not a leaner. Got and it. And then, by okay. the way, if See, you that sit, makes more what sense. happens if you flush? If you flush when you're sitting on a toilet, you and, don't. And and you don't. What do and, you mean? And winky pinky guys like you probably don't have winky this issue. Winky pinky guys like me. But what happens? Can what you measure it. What happens if your boy gets caught in the suction and it gets pulled out, you know, like down? <laughs> I'm not sitting on a toilet and flushing. I'm not sitting on it either. Especially if it's not my toilet. I don't understand that people are like, all right, man, it stinks in here. I'm going to stay seated and flush. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, okay, I'm not. Okay, here we have another classic out of Salty Drunk. Please read. Right below where you are right now. Okay. Uh, Monty, have I pissed you off because you're not reading out my comments? What, what are you talking comments, about? Bro? What comments? What are you talking Dude, about? Like we're literally reading straight down the stack here. I, I don't understand. Man, SLCP shooter. When you when you clean your driveway off, you may use a broom, but only the hose gets fully clean. <laughs> that was well done. That was well done. Uh Jeremy Bolt says, how do you get your hand back there if you're sitting? You're getting a handful no, of poo water if no, you're sitting. No, you're not. No, that's crap. Let's go. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, let's see. Mr. Preston says show. Did I miss something? I'm sorry. Mr. Preston says, this is why this show is number one. You never know what you're going to get. You won't get this anywhere else in the state. Hey, what, you man. mean you're not? No, no, no. no I'm not doing no, it. No, no, I'm not doing no, it. Nope, no, you're not. You guys no, are not no. taking me down that route today with your little games. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay, that was, that was a lot um, of fun. Yeah, that was good. That, that was, was good. Okay. That was fine. Are we ending on that? or what, So what are we is doing butt here? cheeks one or do you spread them? What? No. Dude, what? Guys. You don't, you don't spread your ass cheeks, bro. <laughs> like, what do you mean, bro? Right or left-handed? Right-handed. I'm a left-handed. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and one, Tanner says, okay. One time on a church youth camp, out one of our camp out, one of, I thought, wow, that came out In wrong. God's name, image, and likeness. <laughs> one time on a church youth camp out, one of our leaders, who was a woman, went to one of those outhouses with the chimney. Oh, God. And one of my friends, who was an idiot, throws a rock into the chimney. <clears throat> and you could hear a splash. And the leaders say, what the heck? Who did that? She apparently got some browns on her clothes. My oh, friend got sent for that. Dude, that's come on, disgusting. Man. Come on. That's disgusting. See that you, you don't do people like that, bro. Why come would on. you do that? Lopes Van Gabe says there's no way normal human beings actually stand up to that. That's life. what I'm saying, dude. I, I I don't know. I've never heard that people stand up. I do. Yusuf says, uh, I've definitely learned new bathroom language. Okay, like what? Brett Robbins says we need a poll on this. <laughs> Yeah, put it. Do a poll. No, come on, humor him. Do a poll. Stand up or sit down. Just those two labels. Stand up or sit are down. Are we really doing yeah, dude, a poll? Please, just for me, because I want to see. Really, I want to see. Are we really doing a poll? Yeah. Stand oh up or sit down. Stand. We're entering the launch codes now. Stand by. Sit down. Stand. Sit. <laughs> 
So the choices are stand or psycho. <laughs> See what he did there? See what he did there? Because everyone was saying that people who stand are psychos. So he's reversing it on you. Okay. I have added the poll to the chat. Let's go. Come on. Come through. Go ahead and hit the poll. You know, I'm a stand guy. All this depends uh, uh, if you're hairless or not. Oh, my oh, God. Don't dude, even. Why? Why? No. Why? No. Why? Jansen says, uh, I hope they decide to talk uh, for another hour about this. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Gumby says, I'm going to need a demonstration of the stand and light <laughs> method for scientific purposes. Of course. Science. Asking for a friend, right? Science only. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're trying to raise our kids here. Uh, Brett Robbins, bro, how do people not stand to wipe? How does that even work? No room to uh, into the shoot. App. Okay. I don't know what that means. Alex Chacon says, bro, the poo-poo comments are flying. I can barely keep up with the chat. <laughs> Gumby Too Sexy says, lean gang. Yeah, lean There's gang. A li- Thank no! you. Yes, I, dude. Is that real? You know, if you're going to sit, you lean. Oh, sitting is running away with it. Well, how many votes, though? How many votes? There are 32 votes. Oh, wow. 66% okay. say sit. I, I never, you know what it is, though? You know, in all honesty, I'm not even joking. I never even thought to stand. To do it, it never—that's never crossed my mind. Who hurt you, Jake? Uh, somebody, apparently. You, you had shitty parents. Yeah, li- quite uh, literally. Scammer huh? Troy. <laughs> yeah. How come you took the full stream off your YouTube channel? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What we did not about? do that. Um, I mean, I'll verify, but it should be there. Yeah, verify. Trust. Trust. There's a there's a fucking cat. Okay, relax. There's it's a PG thirteen show. Oh my my. <laughs> there's a cat. What? There's is a there? cat. Yes. That's what we heard the other day. Did I not? Camera, camera. Can you see it? There is absolutely a cat wandering down the, the dude, what are we, what are we I doing? I told, okay. I Remember the other day when we told you guys that we heard a bunch of, a bunch of stuff, like a noise? There is a cat. <clears throat> Let me see if I can whip this around. There is a cat. Where's a cat? Right there. Pan up. There is a cat. Wow. Right there. Can you zoom? There is a cat. Oh, you can. Beautiful. Good work. What is the, that? What is the cat what? doing here? Is it going to go upstairs now? Bruh. There is a cat at the Maverick Center. Like, what are we doing? Is this real life? I told you. So the other morning we come in here. Should I try to wrangle it in here? Yes. Open okay. the door. Try to wrangle it in here. If it claws you to death, it's not my fault. No way you're getting this cat into the studio. Come here. Oh, it took off running. Wow. That thing went for a ride, bro. Crazy. What is the, Why is there a cat in Maverick Center? That's crazy. Okay. Okay. Back to pooping real quick. Uh, have to go to the live tab on the show YouTube page to access full live streams. Yeah, we don't ever delete yeah, anything. Yeah, but it should, be, it should be because we're live right now. It should show it to you. Let yeah, me let it me should show let it me, to you. Let me hang on. Let me look. Um, Jaron Eccles says Monty <clears throat> show mascot. Tom says name the cat. Buddy. Leaner. Leaner. The I name like of the it. cat is Leaner. Leaner. Yeah, it's right there, dude. What do you mean? Ryan P says there's the Monty ghost. Bro, it's right here at the top. It is there, bro. I, I, maybe you're just missing it. It's yeah, right here at the top, man. Maybe you're just missing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maury Alvarez says, did the cat open the door? Is the ghost of Monty studio a cat? No, it didn't open the door. Jake Gordon says, on this special episode of Monty and Jake, Jake becomes a cat wrangler. (laughs) You know. 
program. Um, this is the weirdest stuff, dude. Alex Chacon says, you guys have been having weird experiences since you moved to the map. Oh, yeah. dude, it's it's not even... The, even, the stuff we don't even, even tell you about. It's not even an exaggeration. Like, I, I mean, the, the thing with the doorknob turning and then... Hearing that, that clearly to me solidifies that that was a cat the, that cat the other morning. Yeah, I agree. Hit the like button, casuals, uh, before we roll. I'll, I'll update the poll. 39 votes, 56% say you sit down to uh, to wipe. 44% say you stand, stand up. So 44% of us are psychos? I guess. I mean. Is that what you're telling me? I just, I, I have to be honest. It never crossed my mind to stand. That just isn't. Do I don't mean? know. Like, it, it doesn't... Like, it, it, it never crossed my mind to state... Do, don't you want to turn around and look at it and, like, marvel at your creation? Yeah, after you're done cleaning your, you know, facilities. No! You stand up and you're like, uh And then you go about your... And that's how I look at it. You know. Uh, the Monty Ghost says, dumb cat trying to steal credit for my hard work. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Jared Eccles says, someone brought their sports car to the Grizzlies game and left. Well, could be. Talking with Raphael. If I'm on a public bathroom, I squat and stand to wipe. Thank well, that's you. Different. See, that's different. No, but see, no, that's the public squatting no, technique. I'm, oh, wow. But at home, I sit and lean. Thank you. Thank you. That's terrible. Thank you. Why would you sit and lean? Okay. Why do you sit and lean? All right, there you go. That's Mon it. The Monty Show presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Appreciate you guys. Please hit subscribe. Uh, really helps our channel grow, obviously. We're trying to get to 10,000 subs by February 19th, which is my birthday. Dog. What are you getting me for my birthday, dog? Nothing. Nothing. We're getting you a pack of butt wipes. Yeah. Um, give us a thumbs up. Hit the like button. Tell everybody from The Advocates you heard about them on The Monty Show. Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Quick Quack Car Wash. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.